You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com tech. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Subjects. Understand the risk to our country. Freedom brings people together. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians Network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to episode 338. My name is Chris Spangle here on We Are Libertarians. Tonight we have uh, we have a lot of people here. It's Harry. Harry is here as usual and uh, Harry Price. We have Hannah Lee, Hannah Weber. I don't know what we call you. Hannah Weber's fine. All right. And then uh, Chris Osborne. Straight from Norway is here, so we're going to find out if Norway is a real country right after this. <laughs> Warning, this show is for adults, produced by semi-adults, so the language is sometimes strong and offensive. Uh, I don't know what I said. Uh. Welcome to We Are Libertarians, where our goal is to help you sound smarter while talking to your friends. We examine current events from a libertarian perspective while treating modern politics with all of the irreverence it deserves. There has been lie after lie. We toss out the screaming heads, put people before political parties, and give context to the news to make you think. Now, here's our host, a 15-year veteran of politics and media, Chris Spangle. Welcome to the program. My name is Chris Spangle, trying to do several things at once here. Our, uh, our precious YouTube viewers are telling me that it's super hot on the audio. So it's uh, just like Harry. Harry Price, how are you tonight? Going good now. Yeah, now I'm good. Yeah, you're drinking. Uh, so I thought someone was cleaning their ears. I clean my ears with rubbing alcohol. I don't know if that's the right thing to do. <laughs> but all of a sudden, I was like, is somebody cleaning their ears? And then I realized, no, it's Harry. He's drinking. What are you drinking? I'm drinking um, 18-year-old Aberfeldy scotch. Aberfeldy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. It's, it's one of my favorites. It, it doesn't smell horrible. Thanks, I think. <laughs> uh, and doesn't smell like pure alcohol, like you, you're calling it. It's a very, it's got a lot, a lot of oak tones to it. I like it. It's very smooth. All right, and then Hannah, how are you tonight? I'm great. How are you? Now, Hannah, I invited on because we had this long conversation on our group chat about Gillette. Yeah. You remember those days when we were talking about Gillette? <laughs> yeah. What happened there? Well, what, who? It's been a long they three. Make, they make like uh, soap or something. Uh, for for beta males, I think. <laughs> oh. Was, yeah. That's so. It's been a long five days. We have okay. got a lot going on, and then. Uh, and then uh, one of our patrons, uh, Chris Osborne, hit me up and said, Hey, I'm going to be in Indianapolis, which is rare since I live in a different hemisphere. 
so would you like to get lunch? And of course, I, I'm too busy for that sort of thing. So I said, why don't you come to a show? Then you can meet Harry. And, uh, you know, for some people, that's an attraction. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Here, let's move your mic over here. I had to break down the studio again and rebuild it this weekend, so everything's off. Yeah. yeah. Everything's discombobulated. Mm-hmm. We'll get the hang of it. Now, you live in Norway. Is this indeed a real country, or is that just the same as Sweden and Finland like I think? <laughs> it's a real country, and as long as you, you know, believe in real countries. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm a libertarian, so and I'm a real libertarian, not uh, one of these fakertarians like Liberty Hangout. So uh, you have borders there, no? Uh, yes. Sort of. Sort of. Yeah, you have... Uh, Loose, loosely enforced with the part of the you know, the Schengen Agreement, but, y- but there's definitely borders. Yeah, you were... So I've you're from America, it. right? Yes. Born okay. in D.C. Okay, born in D.C., so not really America. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean... But close. We're like second-class citizens. Okay. <laughs> but, so yeah. you left why? I left because I... Married a right. Norwegian American. Women. Okay. Yeah. Women. Got you it. Know, that's uh, that's why Americans go to Norway, right? either for oil or for for love. <laughs> now, do you just eat whale? <laughs> do you no. have any other food besides whale there? Uh, I, as far as Norwegian cu- cuisine goes, I really like their their Christmas rice porridge, and I I like their their smoked salmon. Okay. Uh, otherwise, it's a very you know. Interna- Oslo, it's a very international city. You Don't can get- to come over here and push your Norwegian propaganda on us. We know that you're living in a hut. You're chopping your own wood, right? I don't understand I wish. why an, an American would leave America to go chop their own wood for heat. It makes no sense to me. Now, is it wintertime there? Uh, yes. I know it's weird. Like uh, The un-American Australians, they have winter and like, summer or something weird. So I, I don't know. And like their toilet goes the other way. I don't know if that's a bourbon legend or not, but I'm not sure. So so you went for a lady. Yes. Um, I, I'm, I'm not sure about this guy because he's he says he's Norwegian, but he sounds Finnish. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's an American who left America, and he had the audacity... To show up to this podcast wearing a Lions of Liberty t-shirt <laughs> instead of a We Are Libertarians t-shirt. Can you explain yourself, please? That's, that's, uh, that's a long story. Complicated story. But uh, <laughs> I, you We went, have three hours. You went to a website and you paid for it. How much more complicated could it be? Well, I mean, there's uh, you know, a lot of uh, good people in the liberty movement and it's hard to choose. You know, I, I also considered, you know, and I, I, I have limited... A limited budget, so I right. was like, I want if I want to help one of these podcasts, I want to like do it more than like a buck, you right? Know? And I was originally thinking of you know, Roger Paxton, and then, I mean, it quickly, this, quickly came to your senses, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I, don't know, I really like, uh, I like the like the variety they have, and I like, yeah. It's, uh, it's okay. But, I don't I mind mean, you coming on my show and telling me that their show's better. It's fine. <laughs> we can still be friends. I mean, someday, you know, I'll, I'll get someday. I'll get a full time job and I'll be okay. uh, supporting more different. So you'd be more affluent if you didn't live overseas. Like if you were still in America, you you know that's well, if if I had a full time job. Okay, that's, that's the main issue. I I, I work part time and I, I study religion and social sciences and I I feed my three kids. <laughs> oh, see now I feel bad. He's got, he's got children. He's got mouths to feed. Now, did you or did you not, in fact, have your first Chick Fil A experience today? I did. What did you think? It was good. 
I just had a few uh, good. chicken nuggets. Just good. Mm. Just was, good. Just good. I made it, it good. twice today. Right. Twice. I mean, it was fun because of, you know, the cultural aspect of being a libertarian. And it's, right. You know? And so I, I had my brother take a picture for fun. But um, What did you get? Just the basic uh, Chick-fil-A uh, chicken nuggets. Just four, just four pieces I had eaten a, a late lunch, unfortunately, a late breakfast. He's like a bird, this one. Did they, did he, he, does, he doesn't eat because he lives in another country. It's rationed. Right, so that's rationed food, food, right? I mean, I'm, I'm on vacation. I don't work as hard, so I don't work up as much uh, an appetite. No, right. I think that's it. Well, it's all the skiing that they have to do, so they don't, you know. <laughs> now, do you have snowshoes? I do not have snowshoes. I have uh, skis, but okay. I, I only I've used them on one ski trip because my wife isn't a ski kind of a, a girl. Someone she, asked she, me to go so. skiing this weekend, and I said I'm 275 pounds. <laughs> I do not belong on two tiny little twigs. That is a, this is a recipe for a broken alarm, or you know, yeah. no, I'm, I'm, no. I'm hitting my peak. I need to protect my brain at all costs. I mean. The Norwegian style skiing is supposed to be really good exercise. So. Right. So, now, had you ever been in a restaurant more polite than Chick Fil A? Unfortunately, I didn't. We didn't actually sit down to eat. So, but I mean, I don't know. I I didn't experience it as very special. I I, I know I'm probably disappointing some people. Maybe I didn't get. The- all right, thank you for coming on the program. Yes, it's been mm-hmm. nice. Mm-hmm. When's your yeah, flight out? Yes, yes. Bum, bum, get, bum, bum, bum. Oh, by the way, he was in. Get the an hell alien. out. Uh, now, having been to Chick Fil A, does this rainbow uh, uh, beer koozie trigger you? No. Okay. See, he didn't have the no. right. He didn't experience. have the right. Ch- yeah. You, this this rainbow koozie should really set you off if you had Chick Fil A today. Uh, I have the hate chicken at least two. I'm a, I'm almost a gold member. I I think I have. Uh, let's see how many points I have here. Uh, you got to get the app because if you go if you go twice a day, Hannah, you could you too could what? be an elitist at Chick Fil A. I am one hundred and ninety points away from being a gold member on the Chick Fil A app. Hold on, there's an app and you get points. For <laughs> you get going points. To I get free sandwiches all the time. Uh, I have uh, accumulated twenty five hundred points in roughly three weeks. Uh, that's a joke. Um, Each but point gets you closer to God, too. Right? Every point, yeah. If I get to gold, I get automatically get to go to heaven. Yes. I'm at silver right now, which means that... Purgatory. Uh, well, uh, it, it, means, it means that I no longer have to listen to anything Ocasio-Cortez says because she's just a dirty uh, humanistic center. That's, uh, God that's, bless. So it, it has its perks. Um, well, thank you for coming. I'm glad that you could make it here. We're, we're teasing you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, being an expat, when you look back on the United States, like what what do you what is your view? Do you go, oh, I'm glad I'm not over there right now, or or are you nostalgic for your for your proper home country? It's uh, really mixed. Like I I I'm nostalgic for the food. I'm nostalgic for like I I I kind of wish I could be more involved in the liberty movement. It's I feel like it's hard to be. You know, there's lots of stuff going on, and I, I you know, be nice yeah, you don't to get do. to go to it. Yeah, yeah. You, you, I mean, there's the European Students for Liberty conference, but that seems like it's kind of it. I mean, I think Mises mm. goes over and does some things. And Norway does have uh, a libertarian party. They don't. They. They. Uh, I think some members ob- object to the word libertarian. They have some bad connotations with, with that. Yeah, me too. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah, listen to today's daily. Yeah. Right. Uh, 
No. Uh, so is there? Is it fairly socialist? Is it a socialist country? I mean, do you always hear about European socialism. What's the government structure like there? It it depends on kind of your definition of of, of socialism. I, I would consider it a kind of socialism. Like if if because pe- you know people say um, Nazism was a form of socialism, and and you know Soviet communism is a form of socialism, and you know democratic socialism. It, it's I, I mean, I would consider it a kind of socialism, but people object to that because, I mean, there it's backed up by a strong, you know, free market economy. You know, there, there, there's, there's big capital. It's, it's possible, it's possible to be become rich, there. right? Yeah, and so that's why people don't want to call it socialism. But they have with the the, the size and scope of their the or welfare system. I feel like it's difficult to not call it socialism, anyways. Yeah. Right, um, but you know, loads of people, you know, both in liberty-oriented people, both in America and in Norway, object to that. But I, I think they have their their reasons for like not, you know, there people have feelings, you know. Yeah, right. People have feelings about words, and, and no they, one on this show, but yes, I've heard that <laughs> generic concept before. Yeah, um, so. How big of an uh, an issue are the is like the situation with immigrants? Because you hear over here, you hear a lot about um, Brexit, and and it's all because of immigration and you know the the more the right. I'm not going to say fringe right because I don't want to dismiss those people in that way. But the Paul Joseph Watsons of the world, the Sargon of Akkads, like that's kind of what well, all we hear about Europe is that version and you see the yellow vest protests start mm. to launch and and you hear that Europe's just on fire with refugees and literally every corner is just trash because of Muslims and yeah. Africans and it's like so it's hard to really get a good sense of what's actually happening like when you looked at the South Africa crisis it wasn't nearly as bad as a lot of those people said South Africa was mm. um, which if you disagree go back and listen to our episode a few back but so I don't know if what Norway's immigration policy is. Um, some people apparently don't follow the immigration policies of Norway. <laughs> wink, wink. He's legal now, but uh, someone was sneaking into the country for ladies, which good reason to sneak in. Uh, but what what is the situation there really across Europe? Um, it's uh, it's interesting in Norway. It's interesting. I actually. They have this concept that has shown up in the Norwegian media, uh, talking about svenska tilsonder. I'm sorry, what? Sweet means uh, like. Listen, you got to (laughs) understand. Hannah Hannah is from uh, basically the Appalachia of Indiana, so she barely understands your English, let alone whatever. He was speaking in tongues just then. Yeah, like honestly, (laughs) I've heard it. Yeah, you need a snake, or what do you? What are you, Martian? No, I. It means Harry, like, of course, is like I understood every word. <laughs> <laughs> is this like it's like the the way things are in in Sweden? Um, I'm too integrated in my, my Norwegian, so I'm bad at translating. Okay, so like uh, svensk is is Swedish, right? And Tyskland yeah. is like the s- state of being. Okay, um, that are like how how things are. It, um, and uh, 
people like the the idea is that is that what you were saying like s- supposedly Sweden is in utter chaos because of too many immigrants and right. there's loads you know mm-hmm. is becoming the rape capital of, of the world and whatnot you know supposedly yes. I don't know the details of it but that's that's the claim mm-hmm. and then uh, people are worried about that uh, certain parts of Norway especially like parts of Norway where I live. Yeah, um, and let's give it's people becoming like that. Yeah, let's give people a geography lesson. I just googled this so I know. Uh, so you have you have you know Germany, and if you think right above Germany, then and Germany and Poland, you've got like a thumb coming down. Think of it like a, a couple of legs hanging down, and the top is Norway. You have Norway to the left, then Sweden, and then Finland, and then Russia mm. up in that kind of top part, and then. You're very close to uh, yeah. to Holland. I think that's Holland, right? Yeah, Holland and Denmark. Denmark, are yes, both to the yeah the south. So, so Sweden is kind of in the middle of all that. It seems it looks mm. like it has the biggest land mass. Now, my friend who lives in Finland, she lives uh, not in Helsinki in Turku, Turku, and she says things are not nearly as bad as like those guys make it out. Mm. So she's on the other side, and then you're on the other, you're on the left side if you're looking at the map. Yeah. So, so. You know, Sweden, as you were saying, Sweden gets the rap of it's the rape capital of the world. It's just right. like, have you been to Sweden? Like, have you checked it out? Or no, I've the the deepest into Sweden I've been is I've family that has a, has a cabin there, and I and I've been uh, shopping the same way people from Massachusetts go shopping in New Hampshire. Norwegians mm-hmm. go shopping in Sweden because of the lower uh, lower taxes. Okay. So, but I've never been to I've never made it to Stockholm, so I really don't know. Damn okay. Mass holes um. everywhere. <laughs> what? Mass holes just going everywhere. <laughs> Ruin their state with their taxes and come to New Hampshire for their like their lack of taxes. So mm. uh so in in Oslo where you're at, yeah. I mean, what is the what was the immigration situation? Did they bring in a lot of refugees from Syria and other places in your country? Uh, we've we've brought some in. I don't know the the like the details. I I my I mean, Throughout our discussions, you'll find I'm not very good with detailed facts. Okay. I'm, you'll fit I'm in more, perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I mean, I'm more interested in like broader, broader pictures and deeper meanings and underlying structures of like you know why things are the way they are, why people mm. feel the way they feel, rather than and I'm bad with you know dates sure. and names and so let and me put it time. this way in a broad in a broad spectrum i mean you've been there since 06 have you seen a, tr- a tremendous amount of change in the last three years no okay and have you seen a, a big shift in society over the last 10 years biggest change i've seen is that uh there's more variety in the grocery stores honestly okay <laughs> all right Let's, um I mean, it's, anec- nice. it's anecdotal, but <laughs> it's, it's anecdotal, yeah, of course. But um, I mean, obviously, the amount of immigrants compared to Norwegian citizens ha- has grown because Norwegians don't have as many babies uh, as foreigners. Like our prime minister, Anna Solberg, has been talking a little bit about it, uh, about that. <laughs> she, she's been talking about how you know we need to have more children in order to so that. We'll have somebody to pay for our uh, retirement, right? When when you know when I get old, um, and and so I mean the other option is to have more people moving in. 
Right. If you're going to try to sustain that system, anyways. right? Do you want your free stuff or do you want your culture? And I th- see, I've never mm. bought into the argument of, you know, we can't let these Hondurans into America because look at what happened to Europe. Mm. The the difference between America and Norway or you know Luxembourg or any of these countries, I don't know how many people are, are, are in Norway, but it's probably a few million. You know, let's let's yeah. let's look in the Google machine because I'm not going to ask him uh, details here. Exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But, you know, here in Indiana, we have 6 million people, and uh, that's the population. You have 5.2 in all of Norway. Right. So you know, you're talking right. about uh, the size of, I think, the population of around, uh, you know, an Oregon or a Kentucky. And you can have a socialist system, and you can, and you can have a, a community built around these, these cultural norms that are ancient, but America doesn't have that. We're a 250-year-old country built mm. on immigration. And so the concept of uh, you know 10,000 Hondurans coming into the country and fundamentally changing the makeup of America just doesn't really make sense. I live in the middle of – now, when you came here, did you, you – you drove down here to the south side. You've been hanging around down here. Uh, does it look like America to you? Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. Hesitation, but I get it. It's the south side. <laughs> no, but. I mean, it's also like I'm. I grew up on Martha's Vineyard. It's a little bit different, but right. like it, you know, it looks like any like town on the Cape where there's malls and you know whatever. Right <laughs> now, would you know that this is the second largest population outside of Burma of the Chin people? No, I wouldn't. The massive amount of other than the <laughs> grocery stores for the Vietnamese, the Chin. The uh, the Indians, the Hispanics, like there is a ton of ethnic grocery stores here. That is the only you know. Now being a resident here, I run into a lot of foreign peoples uh, at the gym, at the grocery store. I mean, there's a tremendous amount of Pacific, like Asi- Asian Americans or New Americans or refugees from Burma um, that are like Southern. Southern Asia, not necessarily China, but like like Burma, like Thailand. Yeah, yeah. And so, I don't, I don't see that. Mu- if anything, I see the area kind of being cleaned up, <laughs> right. which is also mixing with like the Filipinos that are here. Right, which Indianapolis has first, first of all has a huge Filipino community. Well, it's you you move, you immigrate to where your family's at. Yeah, and so if you bring in a ton of Chin people, then all of a sudden they're like, I'm going to go where my uncle is. Yeah. Yeah. And the Lawrence already had a very established Korean community in there as well. Yeah. You know, if you ever go to Lawrence, Indiana, there's tons of like the Korean Korean churches, the grocery stores, the um the tons of Korean barbecue and karaoke studios on the on that side and just Oh it, hell yeah. It, yeah, it's Hannah. awful. Right that sounds down. lovely. Yep. <laughs> yeah, if you uh Bondo and the Marble studio on the on the pike. Yeah, that's Bondo. I can't pronounce the Korean. Uh, All right, make me. But, but but my point being <laughs> is that in a place with five, in a country of five million Europeans, white people, like you blend in being an immigrant because of your blonde hair. I can't tell blue <laughs> eyes, but you know, like yeah. you look like if you told me you were from Norway, I'd go, yeah, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, like Hannah and Harry, we might have a little bit of a. Are you really like you? You red haired Swedish princess with uh, with alabaster <laughs> skin. Maybe, but that red hair, I just don't think, like... It's Norwe- not authentic. Yeah. Do you have redheads in, uh, in Norway? Well, uh... Or did you eradicate uh, them? No, I think one of my my, my brother-in-law, actually. But, it, oh, okay. of course, he's half American. 
Okay. Oh. All right. Okay. So he's got the defect. Uh, <laughs> now, <laughs> uh, being a ginger myself, but you know, Harry comes in and tells me he's from Norway. I'm going, Jamagrade or <laughs> like now that's that's my own uh, white mm. white privilege talking. Not in fifty years. In fifty years is like, oh yeah, of course. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> exactly. It's like your ancestors in England mm-hmm. who were who were black, and you're like, I, I almost said your ancestors in England who were African American. Um, <laughs> but exactly harry's harry's people are from england like that's how he immigrated from the united states and his ancestry tree we won't go into what particular industry they worked in um but one needed a job (laughs) so job program but my point being is that you know fifty thousand hondurans and el salvadorans and catholics who are conservative lifestyle latin you know built and raised like that's the fundamental crazy part about a lot of the rights argument about immigration is you're talking about Christians from the Western, from Western civilization planted by Europeans who, mm. yeah, there may be cultural differences, but fundamentally they're talking like Hispanics that come here are some of the most conservative Christian people, entrepreneurial people, and you go, they're fundamentally conservative. That's why it makes no sense to put your thumb in their eye. You know, and so I can, I, I think the immigration problem here if there is a problem, is fundamentally different than the immigration conversation in Europe and the makeup of Absolutely. those particular countries. And I just think conservatives totally conflate these situations and confuse it on purpose. Yeah. And, and honestly, to me, uh, even in Europe, I think, uh, you know, with a with little... With a little good will, I yeah. I don't see how it should be a problem in Europe either. Yeah, like people, uh, people are people, right? Like you know, you, you see some issues with like people have different parenting styles, and there is you know there's the child child services that have have their ideas of what is good parenting, and but but that's like the biggest social issue I've ever ever heard of, and right. that's not just people from the southern part of the hemisphere that's like people from poland and have different you know there's like for example there's a zero zero tolerance in norway for for corporal punishment you can't really even you can't not even on the butt hannah you being f- mm-hmm. where you're from wouldn't uh, wouldn't even understand that culture mm, not today you have practically just you have switch bushes where you're yeah, from. you go pick a switch yeah do you know what that is <laughs> You ever uh, heard of that? I've heard that. I, I, I think I had to get the picture. You had a you had an exchange student that lived in your area from Norway, right? You're saying like, what kind of cultural shock was she in? Oh, looking back, like, I almost feel bad, but um, <laughs> had to. If, I didn't know that. That's the first I've heard. I didn't know they so they don't they don't do spankings. You don't get a whooping no. in Norway. Good. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's different. And you're, mean, you, we've been talking a lot about spanking lately, and not like this is how you know you're getting older when you start talking about spanking children instead of each other. Yeah, um, yeah. you cross the threshold. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like, your twenties, like, so how do you like your spanking? Right now, and then <laughs> your thirties, it's like, now this is my spanking. Policy. How can you ever expect them to understand nonviolence if you teach them violence? Like, I get exactly. That point. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just run around slapping people right. uncontrollably. Right. I can't control my violence. We know. Uh, we, yeah. we, uh, Left-handed redhead, we know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yep. that's, that's 
why Eric keeps buying makeup. Cover up the bruises. <laughs> yeah. Aaron, <laughs> you don't even have stairs in your house, and Aaron just keeps falling down them. It's real weird. Um, oh, that's an awful joke. <clears throat> moving on. Sorry, boys will be boys. Mm-hmm. Ooh, ooh. Redheads will be Red redheads. Red Red too. Bring it on. Way to bring there. it on around. Let's. Yeah, uh, yeah, but like, yeah, but you know, just so everyone know, because I do get this question a lot. No, I don't plan on spanking Gunther. I get that question a lot. Yeah, we'll talk about spanking some other time because it's actually been a conversation. I've had like three conversations about spanking lately. And I, uh, so yeah, and we'll have to have uh, our nanny friend on and we'll talk about it. So anyways, uh, at this point in the show, I want to thank some of our patrons, those who have brought gifts for Dear Leader uh, (laughs) via Patreon. Um you know, we we got hit pretty hard with the people leaving the Patreon uh, over Ruben and uh, and Jordan Peterson, and I totally understand people not wanting to be a part of that particular platform. But the alternative is PayPal <laughs> and uh, and some other systems and Mastercard and Visa. And so here's the situation: uh, you're funding Liberty. Liberty Memes is now up to like the tenth biggest Patreon. On the platform or something crazy, uh, Liberty Memes. You know the former mm. uh, the rest in peace Liberty Memes. Uh, I have become decent friends with uh, with the Gay Brothers, uh, Peter and David, and they actually are part of our Patreon. They actually published. You should join their group and you should uh, become a Patreon of theirs. They're doing a lot of great stuff with their dollars, and they are promoting us. Um, I slid in their DMs and I was like, hey. Uh, I won't talk about that. I shouldn't talk about that. I'll spoil it. Um, but, uh, you know, all, we're always appreciative of the Libertarian Coalition, Christy Avery, Craig DaCosta, and Jason Doolittle for being our 100, Jason's 125 a month uh, supporters. And uh, I want to thank Ed Brehob, who intern Ed, I don't know if you remember him, yeah. uh, from you know about a year ago, intern Ed actually pledged $101. So uh, thanks to to Ed. I want to thank JD, uh JD joined. Um, let's see, James G. Thank you guys for joining Raven Marks. And uh, it's, it's hard. There's a lot of cancellations in here. So normally it's just additions, and so it's hard hard to go. Uh, you know, I get it. It's hard to ask people to join something that they may fundamentally disagree with, but it makes a statement to Patreon when Liberty Memes really pushes their Patreon up to the top of the charts. Shows that we're here, we're ready to uh, to take you on in your business practices and uh, make sure that you start re- respecting the libertarian voice. So thank you to those patrons. Uh, I, one other little piece of uh, self-promotion. I was asked to be on Al and Frank Try to Be Serious. It's Al Jackson and Frank Caliendo, the very famous comedians, very funny comedians. Frank Caliendo, you may know his name or face from Mad TV, from... Um, from ESPN. He's the guy that does the impressions, Gruden, Madden, uh, all those impressions. And he has a podcast called Alan Frank Try to Be Serious. And they had me on their uh, second and third episode to talk about libertarianism. I don't know if you guys got a chance to hear it. Did you? Yes, you it's listen? very good. It's very good. Thank you. Uh, tell me more. Um, it's hilarious. <laughs> it, yeah, no, yeah. Describes libertarians quite well. Yeah, I think it is a great tool. And back me up on this. These two episodes, the second one I'm really, I think I did very well on, especially in the last portion of it but if you have friends and family who are kind of interested in libertarianism and they don't quite get it these are two cultural figures that 
I think it would be a great thing to send to those friends and say, take a listen to this. Yes, 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're like, the people who, I don't know what libertarianism is. Yes. Boom. Because they literally that. had no idea. Yeah, because you can't really pick up We Are Libertarians at start and understand. all. We don't yes. go back that far. Right. Every episode. So when they hit me with what is a libertarian, I hadn't done the elevator pitch in months. Because years <laughs> even. Because when I worked at the Libertarian Party of Indiana, it was every day. And then I wanted to be the marketing director of the advocates, which are the quiz people. So that, like, my whole job was the, the elevator pitch. And then I've become, uh, I've atrophied those muscles. So I kind of felt like I stumbled a little bit. But the second one, I felt re- went really well. So please go check those out. I really want to make a good impression. Leave them a nice review and thank them for having on a Libertarian. You know, it, It's so easy to start a podcast where uh, you're talking about politics, and they're, they're really not. Like What they're trying to do with their show is, uh, can people who have fundamental disagreements talk about big ideas in a polite way? Like Al and I, you'd think that Al and I may be on a different side on a lot of things, and Al and I agreed on a lot of stuff, but we looked at it through different lenses, yeah. and it's like Al looks at police brutality from the eyes of a black male, and I look at it from the eyes of a white libertarian. So it's like, we both see the same problem, but we're describing it in different ways. We're, he has the trunk of the elephant, and I have the foot. you know. But we're still mm-hmm. talking about an elephant, so instead of fighting over whether or not he's right or I'm right about the same conversation, it's like, let's figure out how we solve that particular problem, because there's shades of truth in, in both sides of those issues. And so that's really what we try to do here, uh, but they're doing it on steroids and from a, a, a place of two non-political guys talking about trying to figure out politics and and these big ideas of, of society. So please go check that out. Uh, the higher the numbers, the more reviews, the more shares, uh, and they look back and they go, wow, this had 2,000 more downloads or 3,000 more downloads than the other episodes. That that tells them, like, hey, have the libertarian on more. And I know that's kind of selfish, but I also really believe in what they're trying to do, and I really like these two guys Frank has been nothing but gracious. Al is just a super gracious guy. They're just genuinely good guys, and I think it's a podcast that you will find truly interesting. So please go check it out. So, um, well, here we are. Um, you know, uh, how long have you been in America uh, here, Chris? For this yeah, visit. this trip. Uh, I came. Pull that on... mic down a little bit, so it's sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You got to talk in it directly. Yeah, yeah. Um, like Hannah, potato, just like this. You know. <laughs> Let me see. I've been here since. Uh, I didn't realize you were this bad of a detail guy. <laughs> I know. Right? <laughs> I know. I, I, I arrived on uh, Thursday. Is weed legal Thursday. in Norway? Is that? <laughs> he arrived in 2019. Yeah. <laughs> Right. <laughs> so what? A couple weeks? No, no a few, just a few days. I, I, okay. I showed up on Thursday. Boy, did you pick a time was... to come back? Uh, you know, you're on social media, so you probably yeah. see a lot of all the the BS that goes on here. I don't know how different your feed may look over there from different IPs, but when you look at weekends like this in America, um, and especially kind of being here. Uh, what does that look like from foreign eyes? It um, it looks like ha- like chaos, right? Uh, on the surface, but like I said, I like going in in depth and uh, into depth and uh, trying to understand, you know, the, the structure behind why. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and if you really look at it, the, one interesting thing uh, my new sister-in-law uh, mentioned to uh, is not a, a, a libertarian and not very political either. She she wondered why uh, was this a news story? The 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 the, the, the because nobody got hurt, as far as as far as I could tell. Anyways, nobody got punched, <laughs> right? Right. Nobody was physically violated. Right. There was just words exchanged. So even if these bo- these uh, boys from the Catholic school were being really vile, it would still only be words. And why is that a national news story? Yeah. So I was talking to a friend of ours, uh, Jordan Berry, who works out of Barstool Sports, and uh, she she's very she's from Marion, Indiana. So she grew up in a very racist part of Indiana, and she's very SJW. And so she, you know, she sees Tad, and she's just like, "What is this fool talking about?" Um, so we were talking about it, and I just said, "It feels like a lot of not a, none of our business." Like, um, so just to kind of recap, so we we last week we had the Gillette thing, and uh, I did an episode of the Chris Spangle Show. I didn't feel like I did a great job of describing the the ad and and kind of what I felt, why I felt that it wasn't as negative as people thought. So I went back, and uh, the Chris Spangle Show, I'll be doing some uh, some shorter episodes over there from time to time in video. Uh, and I broke down the values that I, I felt were contained in that ad, which is why Hannah was going to come on and talk about that particular ad, because you know, as a woman, she's watching this going, I kind of agree with a lot of what this is saying. This is true in my experience. Like I get not wanting to be talked down to a mansplaining what she felt about the Gillette ad. Um, but like you, you just were a little mystified by what the problem was with that. Yeah, I have no clue at what point people were offended, <laughs> but it turns out everything, <laughs> right? <laughs> like every part of it. The fact that there were grills involved, I've heard like, well, <laughs> now they're saying that we're not allowed to grill as men. <laughs> like boys aren't allowed to wrestle. Like all this weird stuff that didn't happen right. taking the l- line toxic masculinity you you put in good gillette ad and then the suggestion is toxic masculinity ad and you go that was not meant to describe what they were talking like they were trying to as as a person who has written advertising and writes advertising almost on a daily basis what they were trying to do was to put you into a certain context very quickly and they did that with some fake news ads. Right. And then get you into the mindset of the ad so then you can start to hear the message that they're talking about without real like it's like jumping into a conversation in the middle of it versus someone going, Here's what we're talking about at the beginning of this conversation. So people grabbed onto like the toxic masculinity thing and I just have a different experience because of my career and I go I think you guys just saw this all wrong. So that's what the Chris Spangle show was about. I broke it down, but it was very mystifying to me. Yeah. Well, first off, at least they had real grills. Okay, those are real smoking grills. Harry, okay. I have regulations here. Uh, you know, move on. Move on. <laughs> Second thing with it, I think the ad hit its target demographic from hearing from Hannah. Oh, 100%. Because... Most men don't buy their own razors if they're, you know, in a, in a relationship. That's interesting. I hadn't I've not heard that point of view. Huh. In majority speaking in most households, people who go out and buy, you know, products or stuff like that are the women of the household. See, when you put it that way and they're trying to get their men the men are outraged to so the women who are hearing the men bitch about it go, "What's this all about?" so they sit down and they watch it and they go, "Well, I actually agree with all that." That's right. brilliant. Yeah. Oh, well, it's they're, they're a huh. P&G brand, right? Procter, yeah, Procter & Gamble. Gamble yeah. right. The, Procter & Gamble, that's a woman's company. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's true too. they make 
household items. Right. I mean. And they've been doing these ads, these social justice ads, quote unquote social justice ads, you know, for what, like last three years? Right? Oh, yeah. Well, and their slogan right now is like proud supporter of moms mm-hmm. as hmm. the Procter & Gamble, one of their slogans. Like, I mean, well, we we played the '88 ad, and it's fairly socially directed. Yeah. I mean, it, mm-hmm. um, so we start with that, and you come in right on the tail end of that, and so people are still fighting about the Gillette ad, mm. and then and then over the weekend on Friday, you have Ben Shapiro at the March for Life. This was a weird weekend, and I knew we wouldn't get through it unscathed because you had the Women's March, you know, which had a few tens of thousands of women there for that march then you had the the march for life which any tens of thousands to hundreds of thousands of people depending on you know are you on a right or a left media outlet and then you also had liberty con so you had all these college kids in for the libertarian leaning college kids and uh, there's more maga 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 in the in the college kids than you probably realize um, so I, I was wondering if we'd get through unscathed, and we didn't. But it started with um, – yeah, this was an embarrassing weekend for the media. And it kind of challenged that whole idea of we're, quote, guardians of truth and we're keeping the powerful accountable. Because we started the weekend off with the a lot of the main, mainstream media reposting an edited clip of Ben Shapiro's March for Life speech where he talked about would it's an internet meme would you kill baby Hitler if you could go back in time and he said well no we wouldn't want to kill baby Hitler because baby Hitler has a chance of not being Hitler if we raise him in a different environment and this liberal activist took that and edited it selectively and all these major media outlet companies and lef- leftist clickbait mills all took that edited thing, just blindly reposted it. He lost Quip toothbrushes. He lost another uh, sponsorship. He lost two sponsorships. Calm. The app Calm uh, dropped him. Uh, meanwhile, they were ignoring the blatant anti-Semitism taking place in the Women's March on the stage uh, they're, they're, painting, they're painting the the Jew, the Orthodox Jewish guy at the March for Life as the anti-Semite, while real anti-Semitism is taking place on the on the women's march. It's very odd. Mm. Uh, so that was Friday, <laughs> and that got everybody worked mm-hmm. up. Um, as well, on Friday you had BuzzFeed put out this report that said that they had sources which they weren't really confident in, but they believed. BuzzFeed, the people who feed you quizzes, believe that uh, Donald Trump had instructed Michael Cohen to uh, lie under oath. In a, in an extraordinary move, the special counsel's office Mueller never Mueller never actually responds to anything, and he says BuzzFeed's report was absolutely false. So you have all these major media outlets just following all all over themselves about this conspiracy theory and reporting it as fact. Because sources say, and if this is true, then X, Y, and Z. And so people are literally pushing fake news under the guise of, we have an unconfirmed report, but we're going to run this. And so you hear it 150,000 times today, so it becomes truth in the zeitgeist. Uh, and then, then that gets completely debunked on Saturday. So then on Saturday, around mid-afternoon, you start seeing your friends tweeting out this video of, and I'll be honest, I completely let my followers down i fell for it completely i posted bad memes i later had the next morning when i really started to see all the videos 
You know, because I get hit with all the, the, the alt-right or the conservative people on my page who just disagree with me because they're just completely sold out to the MAGA crowd. So I didn't, I didn't take that seriously because and, and, those are the people who are always posting the same different theories. And, you know, and you just go, that, that, this is why you should keep your powder dry. Uh, if you're, if you're an, a person who says the narrative is wrong, and if you do it every day, we ignore you when you're actually right. And so... So you see this video of these just it, they look like complete psychos and they're in the face of this Native American and they're all in MAGA hats and like they're staring them down. It's just like gross and it gets into your group chats and everybody like gets outraged by it and you're just like how could this happen and like for me it confirmed all of my different fears about like Trump and his effect on politics because I follow all these young guys on Instagram and they're just like they're they're Trump. They're being Trumpy, and it's just not healthy for them and for society. And so I'm just like, look at this. This is why you can't have an immoral president. And I look like a complete a hole, like most people did. <laughs> um, so then the story kind of unfolds over the next 24 hours, and we'll discuss all this. I'm just kind of giving you all the stuff that happened this week that, especially the media, completely got wrong. You know. The black Hebrews, if you really go back and watch these videos, the black Hebrews in the video are responsible for all of this. They don't get mentioned at all. Uh, today, uh, I'll save that one, but then that evening, the, the Native American guy, Phillips, is on the news crying, and you know it's like this emotional appeal, and literally everything that came out of that guy's mouth on CNN and in the Instagram video that you probably saw was a complete fabrication. He totally lied. The media just legitimized the blatant lies of a liberal activist who was two million dollars short on his GoFundMe, but wasn't after that. Uh, you know, he he basically will talk about what happened, but he found some targets and tried to get violence to take place. Children, uh, you know, and then not only do Holly. So even if the the original narrative is true, and these kids are staring at someone, and menacing someone and chanting build the wall and saying a couple racial things is the punishment having every hollywood celebrity and journalist for buzzfeed and and uh reporters asking for yearbooks uh, this one guy actually lifted every single face and put it onto a chart so people could identify the individual people People found the the workplaces of the parents and started demanding, started immediately calling Monday morning, even after it had been debunked, that the parents be fired from their jobs because they are the parents of the kids that were on the steps. They were called to be expelled. The, the administrators and superintendents called for them, said, this is not who we are, the archdiocese, their entire community, their mayor, uh, by the end of Saturday night had denounced them. Uh, so is the punishment appropriate for staring at someone, uh, even in a racial manner, a complete doxing, a complete societal shame, a lifetime of a Google history that can never be erased? Like, what is the pro- appropriate, you know, Hollywood celebrities calling for these kids to be punched in the face, mm-hmm. journalists? One journalist got fired, actually, today from um, uh, a fairly reputable publication basically saying he wanted to punch them uh, it, it, it is amazing to see the people who during Gillette were going this is a, this is an important message against bullying 
We need to stand against bullying. And then four days later, they're bullying children on the internet. Mm-hmm. And, and the other crowd who is going, you know, I hated that advertisement. Ah, I'm against bullying now. <laughs> like, yeah. If you're consistent and you actually look at these things with, without the lens of your tribe, you go, all right, there's a way to be consistent in all this. So the, these news outlets barely retract their stories, most of them yesterday, Long after all the video, there I've mm-hmm. never seen an, like I wish the Kennedy assassination had this. I mean, there was more than the Zapruder film on this. There was five different angles and two hour videos. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of video on this, and um, you know, the none of the retractions get nearly the push that you get in that initial. You know, you got your phone just was buzzing with push notifications. Did you get a lot of push notifications about retractions or we got this wrong? You didn't. Um, so then you come to today with photo, a photograph comes out. We actually were – we could have been one of the first media outlets to have that photo of the kids in the blackface at the, at the spirit rally on the basketball. One of our contributors found it in a thread on the high school and he sent it to me and I was like, I'm just not – like we could have gotten so much media, earned media if, if like – me and the, and the group chat weren't scumbags. We're just like, this is 10 years ago. These are not the same kids. Mm-hmm. Well, isn't it relevant to the conversation? No, no, not necessarily, because these are not the same individuals. Mm. So we decided not to put it out, not to push it anywhere besides our group chat. And then the Daily Mail, five hours later, had put it out. Um, and, you know, that is a... That is, um, that is a school-sanctioned event, so adults had to sign off on it, and it's it's apparently people dressing up in uh, spirit, painting their bodies blue or painting their bodies white. Not everybody, you know, allegedly one of the kids, the one that's really like the egregious one, painted up like Venom, the mm-hmm. character. Uh, but it, it is the intent was never to be racist, according to all these kids on Twitter, and according to school members, because it, it's like a school spirit thing. And Correct, so yeah. it's like it, it's a blackout. It, right. I mean, Harry, if if Hannah puts up a picture of her on her Instagram in a charcoal mask, is that is right. that a am racist I, to I, you? That's happened, though. Have you heard this? No. The, the charcoal mask that has um, led to like a, a blackface discussion. It okay. would be racist if she was trying to like sell me that charcoal mask, like use yeah code Hannah and get twenty percent off. But no, uh, we made a joke <laughs> about it because I have some of that, and you brought it out one time on the air, and you go, "What is this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what are you doing?" And we made yeah. it a joke, but and I use a clear mask, you know, for my skin. Uh, <laughs> well, but... what's the point? <laughs> I mean, yeah, you get to have all the fun. But um, what I do dislike about it is that. You know, anyone putting black paint on their face is considered, oh, that's blackface, which ruins all drow cosplays. Shout out to real nerds. Go on. Right. Did you you get, have no you, idea what a drow is. you get that? Drow, right? Drow? Drow. Wait. Like As drow? The dark, the yeah, dark, dark elves. elves. Yeah. yeah, it's been yeah. a few years, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He's ruins. Here, all... He's here for a Minecraft uh, wedding. So oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank goodness. Oh, good. Oh, good. Yeah. I had my friend Kelly, like, you know, she used to do this, you know, like, I'm afraid because we've got these drow, like, her, like, complete black, just, you know, in drow, like, in, at Gen Con, it was like... Well, Black Peter, I mean, you may, I don't know if it leaks up into your area, but in Holland, they have Black Peter, who is like a Santa Claus type figure, and he go, he has a black face because of charcoal dust, and so he's a Christmas time figure, and there's a big discussion going on in Amsterdam, Amsterdam 
over Black Peter uh, people who are who are like acting out this old myth. Hmm. Uh, So, so yeah, I don't. um, That also goes with the legend of Hans Trapp too, right? So, what it comes down to, I think, is intent, and you know, when when uh, that's hard for me to say. Because, frankly, I'm not the aggrieved party. I'm not the the party that comes from a long line of people who have been oppressed through the force of government uh, and through culture. So it, it's, you know... I know. You look kind of Irish. I do. I, I You look Irish, yeah. But at the same time, it's it's. I can understand why, yeah, Hannah's my oppressor. Um, she's Aaron's oppressor. <laughs> fake news. More fake news. <laughs> I know. I'm spreading lies left and right. Um, now, uh, so, and, and so that was the end of it today. Now that is three days of the media completely blowing it, mm-hmm. us as a society completely blowing it. It was an exhausting weekend. Uh, it but was, it goes, tiring. but it goes like the best thing about this weekend is to show people like, Hey, there's some, there's a problem with people just jumping on, you know, on unproven facts. Yeah. Seeing clips of videos and then just jumping on it of the understanding that the we rely on the media to be able to sit on stories get the facts and then present the facts without the conclusion well here's how journalism works you you hear an initial source someone gives you a tip you then go ask the power about that particular tip or the person involved in that particular story about the tip then you go back and you have a conversation uh, with several other people. You have multiple sources, multiple conversations, and over time you hear a journalist working on a story, quote-unquote. And eventually, by going to competing sources back and forth and government documents or a paper trail of some sort or cash-changing hands and bank, bank records, you can start to figure out what the truth is on a situation. Like in, And that's why journalism is important, but journalism is working on a story and trying to figure out what the truth is. What journalism is not is reporters for major media outlets just expressing their opinion or moral outrage at a particular situation. Uh, and, and I include myself in this. I should have done a better job. I was emotional about it, and I shouldn't have been, because at the end of the day, it was really kids just staring. Uh, now, we'll get into, we'll give you a little more detail into exactly what happened in just a moment. We'll kind of flesh this out a little bit about the outrage over it. And then we'll kind of get into a little more of the granular details of what happened. Uh, you'll be surprised who has the best breakdown of this. Um, so, uh, I was emotional about it, and I made a couple posts about it, and I eventually had to go back and uh, apologize for that. I, I said a lot of things that I believed. I still believe that Donald Trump is harmful for the for the political discourse in America and the world. Uh, now that we're we're international in this particular episode, but <laughs> at the end of the day, violence was not used here. And when you really step back and go, violence is the problem. Force is the problem. And if somebody has crazy beliefs then as long as they're not forcing their beliefs on others, let them be ignorant and persuade them of a better way over time. And so these are teenagers who, if you see the original narrative, the first narrative, and and them acting in the MAGA hats like in a crazy way, you go, well, these are teenagers. It's not a boys will be boys argument. It's that you don't have a lot of life experience. 
You know, Hannah, you are in your early 20s. Mm-hmm. I won't out you on your particular age. Mm-hmm. But you're in a time period from like, I think from like 17 to 24, you are a different person every six months. It's horrific. <laughs> time hop, a Facebook, whatever, the memories. Uh-huh. Oh, it's horrific. Yeah. My viewpoints change constantly. Constantly. And why is that? Education, learning more. Um, yeah, just understanding consequences actions have consequences i mean yeah life experiences it's the push and pull the friction of life getting yeah. out there you're you now have a big girl job yeah you have to interact with people that are different than you yeah i mean there's there's a lot of change that happens in that particular time and so we should be in my opinion forgiving of you when you were 17 i mean what are some things that you uh, you thought even a year ago that you just look back and you go i was an idiot well at 17 i was 100% neoconservative um i didn't i didn't want gays in the military i was the um i was the um uh, i don't care if you're gay just don't do it in front of me and i don't think kids could should see that at 17 now at 23 i'm like wow what a what a stupid way to think like what a disgusting viewpoint i mean it it, like politically it's limitless like so what are some ways that you changed your mind like how how did you come about with different like what are some some specific things that changed you on those things well like you know going to college and actually meeting Meeting diverse, the yeah, meeting the yeah, <laughs> seriously, meeting the gays. First time I'd been around um, different cultures. Definitely the first time I ever saw like a Muslim was in college. Uh, mm. So right, I mm. mean, so at se- sixteen, seventeen, you're not going to have. You I don't mean, have that exposure, and they go to an all boys Catholic school, <laughs> right. so their diversity is even less probably than mine was in right. Appalachian, Indiana. <laughs> well, and what what age did you move to Norway, Chris? Oi. <laughs> oh god another detail <laughs> another detail like early 20s uh yeah yeah early okay tw- early 20s <laughs> like uh, i i just i just think that we we each of us have different experience different life experiences like hannah has taught me you know the last time she was on we talked about like her experiences as a woman and talking about how she feels about certain things made me change my behavior i'm a 35 year old man that feels like he tries to be respectful of women but through my interaction with her and talking about her worldview, I became a more respectful man, mm. a different man. And, and I will consistently change over time. I imagine that when you move to a different country and you experience people who have lived in a completely different side of the planet, that changes you in a significant way because you're exposed to so many different new things. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. And it doesn't even, doesn't even actually have to be that you're in a new country. Uh, it could be just... Just getting married and and moving away from your family and getting closer to somebody else's family, and they do do different yeah. do things yeah. differently, and you have a different perspective on how you were raised and whether you you can have different ideas of whether you think your parents did the right things yeah. for you when mm-hmm. when you grew up. In my in my situation, I married a woman years ago who had a family who probably lived next door to Hannah's family three generations ago in West Virginia. And boy, was I shell-shocked by it. I mean, Harry, you have a... F- an- yeah, like uh, doing Easter dinner on the front porch. That was like on paper plates. I was like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> yeah. So I, I think that you have to cut children slack. I think that... that mm. I think it's a great lesson. Hold for- on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Those kids, right? Uh-huh. 
all boys school, Catholic school, right? I don't. I, I don't want to talk about specifically what happened yet. We're going to get into the weeds of what happened. I'm talking about our general initial reactions and what we could have done differently. Okay. Okay. Right. Okay. All right. All right. So I'll save that. So I think stepping back and looking at this, I personally should have gone. Uh, I'm not going to post anything about this yet. I'm just going to kind of watch because I haven't. I've only watched the one video, and now we know we all live in a panopticon, which a panopticon was. It was. I was going to ask a, you what the hell that a, is. A prison in in Pennsylvania where you you had a slit in your in your uh, cell, and so you didn't know when or when a guard may be watching, and so you just assumed they were always watching, and that lack of privacy eventually completely made you insane. And I think there's an aspect of social media because everybody has a camera in their pocket, uh, an aspect of feeling like we are never quite safe and secure. We're never private not like you have to teach your kids like you have to have the talk which is if you do something stupid or not even if you do something racist like in this case the imagery of it looked racist but nothing that they did seemed to be even remotely racist at one point if you watch another angle from another point of view they're defending gays like the the black hebrews say you know your your president is gay and they all go who cares (laughs) <laughs> like right. th- these Catholic teenage boys in MAGA hats. Because Trump doesn't care if you're gay. Right, right. <laughs> All right, so listeners, mark this on the calendar. Spangle used a word I'd never heard of before, like the pendocta what? Panopticon. Yeah, I've, that's, you know, that's, so I it, it not about that. Yeah, yeah that's, oh, that's new there is, me. There's that's, a lot of conversation about social media being a panopticon and it driving us mad. And I think that when you look at our reaction to this... So that's why I keep saying, like, the I got that from um, uh, one podcast I was listening to, Sovereign Tech, was the uh-huh. the social media is, like, lead pipes of, like, in the Roman Empire, they used, to get flowing water, the upper crust would use lead piping to pipe, to send water, have running water inside their houses. It would drive them crazy, but if you get the norms, it, so basically the internet or social media at that point is, like, the lead pipes. That's why I keep always referring them as the lead pipes of the internet. Right. Yeah, yeah, and I think we 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 have a lot of good things. And I, as I talked in the Alan Frank podcast in episode three, there's a lot of good things. Like we do realize that there may be an issue of police brutality, and that I mean I don't think it's May. I think there's an issue. Yeah, uh, you may not, but I do, and I think it is because I have the I have this awareness. Like you, a, a photograph is just a little still moment of time. And think about your own life in a situation where if you go to a wedding and you're at a wedding and then you go back and you look through all the photos, there are beautiful little still shots of singular moments in that particular wedding. But they never really capture the entire essence of the event Hmm. because there are so many different pictures. There's so many – like you have to remember when you're watching things online that you're looking at specific tiny little pieces. You're looking at still frames of a a – big moving event and so you're looking at that one little moment in time where this boy is staring in a man's face and he's this we think native american you know upstanding veteran who was in vietnam he wasn't uh then yeah you haven't heard that no he really he really wasn't he was in the military in the Vietnam era, ah. but he joined in seventy two. We left Vietnam in seventy one. He was he was too young to be in Vietnam, and he lied in his interviews about mm. that. 
mm-hmm. and let people lie about that particular piece of information. That's one of his lies. Uh, you, you trust me. You're Whoa. this guy. Uh, he oh, yeah. he's an opportunist. So oh yeah. But we're looking, and I, I didn't do a good job of thinking this through. But like. I realized afterwards you're just looking at one person's specific little angle through the way that they want to edit it. And I, as a video editor or a podcaster or a, a photo editor, like I do media production, I can make you look any way I want you to look. Like hmm. I – and people are very good. Like even I watch some of those um, – the, the, the interviews that uh, the Borat guy did on this TV show. And you go, I do this for a living. There's no way that he fooled these guys into saying this. And then you hear the behind the scenes and you go, oh, he's really, really fucking good right. at fooling people. Uh, so it, you have to remember that it's just like you can't get outraged at one person's point of view. You have to stand there and go, other people have different experiences in the moment, in life. And we've got to like listen to that stuff and take a beat and just have some patience for it. Harry, you okay? Oh, sorry. I was watching the uh, Great White Rhino uh, go after people in the chat room. Oh, is, is Rein, Reinhold is full hot on this deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the other thing that I, I honestly fuck conservatives <laughs> because uh, here's the deal. That's who mostly you swipe right on, so keep going. I, I consider myself closer to conservatives, so I'm probably a little harder on them, but... All these people gloating on social media right now. The, I'm annoyed. The reason that you didn't post about this is because you knew it looked bad for your side. Exactly. And yeah. then now, two days later, you're sitting there going, I'm a genius. You're all idiots. Right. Suck on my balls. Well, but yeah, you got that. But uh, You don't deserve the victory lap you're no. taking. But Julie Borowski. Mm-hmm. Not friend of the ship. <laughs> no, yes, she is. We love Julie Borowski. We just had a former co-host ask her unfortunate questions. <laughs> mm. Did post, like, it is very important to stand on this point because of what happened, of the fake news, and them doxing and going after these yeah. kids. That, you know, like, you should make this point, regardless of the other stuff like that, is like, hey, you know, granted conservatives stand on that point, but eh, there's other implications beyond even this. even in, Even though I was outraged by the particular incident, like Christopher Titus, the comedian, mm-hmm. t- tweeted, d- docs these kids, and I replied back just saying, what are you doing? Like, these are children. Well, I didn't see like, Titus to get into it. Tid- yeah, like, I, I run a... I follow Titus. Stand-up, I comedy, stand-up comedy is, like, the majority of the people that my work account follows, and over the last three years, that has gone. There is more comedy on my personal account, which mostly follows regular people and libertarians and journalists. And the comedy account has become nothing but woke politics. Like it's it's insane. But yeah, well, like why would Titus do that? Why would we even get Kathy Griffin? Kathy Griffin, who we talked about on this program, yeah, saying remember when we did a whole segment on Kathy Griffin and her experience after being doxxed and mm-hmm. yeah, bullied but- and harassed, and we were saying this isn't cool. You shouldn't do this. Mm-hmm. She was tweeting out addresses and anything she could possibly do to bring about the online harassment of these particular children. And I just said, you guys are ad-, and like people were arguing with me, and I just said, you're grown ups. Mm-hmm. Like this is these are kids they don't know any better. Correct. They're, yeah. So I just think I just look at it and go, what are 
have we lost our mind as a species? Like, we are no better than the monkeys we evolved from. Yeah. And the weird thing is, like, um, because how I came across the story was Saturday night gaming, right? Because, mm-hmm. like, I usually take a technology sabbatical. I, yes, I walk away from tech for hours at a time. If you don't do it, do it. Trust me. Eight hours, you'll feel great. Right. You know, at minimum eight hours. We all know that, but we're not going to do it. Right. Yeah, exactly. I'm There's- telling you right now, it's really fun. Take your phone, throw it in the trunk of your car. I might miss something in the group chat. Like, people will be going in on Aaron, and I got to join in. Right. Like, a, yeah. A tip is, I did this uh, during Christmas, cause I, I, or before Christmas, I had because I had uh, exams, I had my... He's I get, foreign. He doesn't know what that is. He knows who that is. He, he, he just put out, Harry put, put out a fist, and the poor foreigner, foreign guy just started going, what? Okay. That, that's me being from growing up growing up on Martha's Vineyard, not being uh, living in Norway. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I, get, I, I had my wife change my making, passwords for if he's making Twitter you and Facebook. Un- hold on. If he's oh. making... If he's making you uncomfortable, I can ask him to leave. Harry. My, if, my, if my the, mother grew if, up in Martha's Vineyard. My <laughs> mother grew up in Martha's Vineyard, and we only okay. sold our property in Martha's Vineyard probably like five years ago. All right. Ago, I want to so. make sure you're comfortable with him. Let's get that straight. Go ahead, Chris. Let's get this straight. Sorry to interrupt. Well, what I was saying is I, I had my wife change my password for, for Facebook and, and Twitter. Great idea. So that Because I know myself, and it's like it's addictive my i i my brain needs that those clicks that yeah. attention serotonin and, yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so uh I, I and i needed to study and so i i, ha- I had her change the password nice. until i was done with the exams and that that helped we got a great message let me jump in here um on our discord and uh there's the pepperoni there's the guy that talks like I post a lot of great stuff. You really need to follow me. I'm very good. Uh, so Discord. this is on Discord, and uh, he wrote, Hey, everyone, just wanted to say I've been Facebook-free for over 120 days now. I started yeah. off testing myself to see what 30 days without would be like, so I deleted the app on my phone and removed the bookmark on my browser. I never missed Facebook a single minute. I've been off it since, and I feel a lot better. I like debating and learning from others, but Facebook was not the way to achieve that. It forced me to engage friends and others through direct communication more instead. If anyone hasn't given up on Facebook, I'd strongly recommend it. I got the idea from Chris Spangle's podcast about how Facebook is unfairly censoring groups it does not politically align with, and the thought that they make billions by selling my viewership and time is absurd. I couldn't live with this thought, so I opted out, and I'm so much happier that I did. So maybe we ought to start the hashtag opt out or hashtag check out and you know, get out there and do it. So that's that's one person. And I got another, as I posted this, and a couple other people said I did this. And man, this really made me feel a lot better. And I do think that there is something to the group psychology of a bunch of individuals virtue signaling to the other animals saying, hey, I'm, I'm with you. I agree. And, you know, we don't, we're not thinking about the human cost of what that kid may have to go through the rest of his life. Because we wanted to momentarily look good. Yeah, right. I totally mm. did it. I immediately, when I saw it, I was like, oh, no, 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 no. This, this isn't good for the cause. Right. Like, the cause being not all white people are racist. You know, I got to, as a 20-something right. 
uh, you know, millennial. I, I got to get out there and let people know that I, I don't support this. Hannah Lee's, Hannah's, Hannah's PR department had to go into effect and she needed to Did make... Did you see that? No, no, no. But I'm saying like everybody feels that they have to make a statement about everything and yeah. they release a PR statement. I didn't do it on my own page, but I commented on somebody else. And what I said, looking back, is horrific. But I was like... Yeah, you know, I don't think we should dox him, but I'm not going to be upset if his life gets substantially more difficult from this point forward. Right. And that, looking back, I was so angry (laughs) when the rest of the story came out. Right. I was like, you made me look, now I look terrible. I actually Mm -hmm. went back and commented, like, update. (laughs) I was totally duped. I'm an idiot. Yeah. Good night. I, I, you know, I released this big statement too, and then people start to say it, and I'm like, I don't believe you. And then you start to go... Oh shit! And then you go. I look like a fool here, and yeah. I look like a fool in front of thousands of people. Yeah, and it's really embarrassing. And you know, it takes a lot of pride. Like it, it, it there's a lot of pride involved, and so you don't want to go. Hey, I was wrong, and so posting that status saying, you know, uh, like I'll have to look what I exactly what I said, but it was basically like I got fooled. Like I. Totally fell for it. Uh, I'm padding here. And that's the one of the great things about the whole moment of that is you got people who, frankly and also honestly, it's like, hey, I got duped. People who had the strength of character to come out and go, I was wrong. I I saw the news. You know, I went with these unfounded sources and I did that, you know. And it also showed that strength character for other people not to shame these people who admitted that they are also wrong right yeah so what did it for me is that the the someone posted a video and said no that's what the kids were supposed to meet because i was under the assumption because i had read on in media in uh like journalistic outlets that they were there to protest the indigenous people's march and that was their justification this one person said that's not true that's where they were told to meet which we now know is true mm-hmm and, uh, you know, so I posted they were waiting on their bus. Some people have told me they were told to meet. And, and so I updated the story and I just said, unfortunately for the chaperones, they had they were wearing MAGA hats and told them to gather at a place where activists were holding the indigenous people's march. Why I have a problem with the MAGA hat is if I'm a school administrator and you're in Washington, D.C. in the middle of the women's march or, you know, you know, the kind of people that any leftist or like it brings out a lot of dangerous people. And you're just putting a big red bullseye on your head. Uh, I have no problem with free expression, but I just think from a safety perspective, that was a mistake. But some of them uh, were so, wearing the white ones. Uh, so I said <laughs> I got this 100 percent wrong. Some of the things I wrote in the last 24 hours are absolutely <laughs> things I believe, but I was wrong about their intentions. Professional activists like Phillips the drum man, tried to create this incident. They play the victim in the media after provoking the incident and make them look like the bad guy. I fell for it, and I'm sorry if I misled anybody thanks to this person for the video. And it, like, really sucks because you're sitting there going, I look like a fool. I'm yeah. embarrassed. But you've got to do it or else you, you people are still now doubling not, down. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Now they're like, well, the kid started a smirk or whatever. But the MAGA hats <laughs> thing. Did they bring the MAGA hats to the rally, or is this a Washington, D.C. tourist gift shop purchase? Because when yes. my school went to D.C., we all came back, the boys all came back with FBI female body inspector hats. <laughs> and if you'd have taken a picture at the end of the trip, everyone would have had those hats on. Yes, great point. So Our, On ours in sixth grade, it was like these knockoff Ray-Ban. You remember the wraparound glasses that PC principal wears in South yeah. Park? Yeah. Those, Ev- yeah. Every, like, I mean, there's... 
uh, trucks and stuff on the streets in in DC, you know, selling yeah. t-shirts and goofy stuff. And I'm just wondering if it wasn't like a like a ironic like let's go yeah. get MAGA hats. It's a great point. I don't know. Once when we went, we went during Gay Pride, and we had all rainbow stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah, we it's had like different photos. You break out of the group psychosis of this, and you go, "Oh, there's all these different alternatives that it could possibly be." Right, right. Especially like from a Catholic, you know, Catholic school. Maybe I'm mistaken, but I feel like uh, it's not like all Catholics are. Republicans. I, no, you know, no, they, no. There's a lot of but, Catholics no. who are Democrats. Let's look at the bias that everybody. Let's look at the. This is the. This is the weekend. If you ever doubted that the culture is now officially liberal, and it is female centric, it is. Mm-hmm. It is geared towards the things that the Marxist left had really said. Let's bring about cultural Marxism, feminism. Uh, you know all these different movements. Like, and th- there's a lot of good things about. Someone said on Facebook, you know, you side with the SJWs a lot. And I'm like, there's not a lot. There's some things that SJWs say in terms of justice and equality. Mm-hmm. I agree with them. Diversity. Right, yeah. I think diversity is important. Right. To what we were talking about earlier, you expand your mind by being around diverse people. Like, there's things that I agree with because I actually listen to them instead of just thinking they're awful people. You know, and like one one Twitter person said, you know, uh, there's a lot of this is a conservative writer who said there's a lot of conservatives who went off the ranch this weekend and they really owe their people an apology. And it's like, okay, so don't stray off the out of the tribe or else you're going to get killed. No, I I mean, on the Gillette ad, I think, you know, you and I are experiencing the same thing. You and I uh, feel a different way than most of our quote unquote tribe feels about that Gillette ad. I'm 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 Mm. I watch it and I go, I like a lot of the values in here. Yeah. And it sucks standing on the opposite side of that, but I you have, have to. I mean, I have changed. I, I look at these guys on my Facebook, and I'm like, well, I thought you were decent. I thought you were decent. I thought you were decent. But they're coming out, like, protesting this ad, and it's like, so you don't believe in, you know, courage, fatherhood. integrity, strength, fatherhood. Equality. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, mm. Okay. Like I said, the other problem I had with the ad was the toxic masculinity line in there, and then when the dad was, and they stole the bit from um, uh, the Karate Kid, okay, when they stole that bit there, uh-huh. and then that the dad didn't just immediately give them boxing gloves and a ring and did a ref, that's what I Make would... Make it voluntary. So you've armed them. N- yeah. No, oh. no. Oh. Made it safe, <laughs> gave it rules, and that, that they agreed that they punch each other in the face. Well, I thought there was a, right. I thought there was a very misogynistic part of that yeah. particular ad, where, I mean, as a woman, if... If I come out and I start saying, hey, sweet tits, nice, and then Harry steps up and goes, hey, hey, bro, stop that. Like, isn't it on you, Hannah, to tell me that's not cool as opposed to asking Harry to defend you? Mansplaining her. Yeah. I'm asking So I struggle with this. I struggle with this because in in one section they say, the the guy says, well, what she really meant is, you know, and so that's the misogynist. Yeah, we hate that, right? But then when the clip with the guy catcalling, then the other guy stands up for her. It's right. Like the, it's like the same situation, but it's okay here. It's not okay here, and it's okay here. Right. Um, I don't know. The idea that you're teaching, your, you're teaching women to be strong and strong-willed and to stand up for themselves, but then you're, you're telling men and that is their responsibility to tell other guys how to, how to like, in that situation, like... To me, it felt like they were saying, take agency away from the woman. To, like, if you ask for help, then the man should help you. Like, or there should be some conversation in a group of men. Like, we know how to treat each other and what things are appropriate or inappropriate. But really, 
if I'm disrespecting you as an individual, it's between you and me. Like, yeah, but uh, personally, I would want I like, I I think I should the catcalling thing. It's it's not gonna work for you. Like seriously, just stop. <laughs> like and so I'm I'm there. I'm not like you know. I'm not that type of feminist mainstream. What are we mm-hmm. calling it? Third wave. Third wave. Yeah. I, I'm not that type of feminist. So I'm saying, yeah, stop each other from doing that. It's embarrassing and it, right. it makes everyone feel awkward. But, but I don't, I, I think that from an, if you sit down with a guy and you have as a woman and like we've had, you say from a woman's perspective, you know, one of the tomorrow night, Amanda, if you remember Amanda's story, we'll be here. We're talking about the art surviving R. Kelly thing. Like Amanda sat down and said, here, when you say this and this and this, you remind me of my abuser because you're being controlling, you're being passive aggressive, you're being. That's what changed me. It would mm. it wouldn't have been Harry going, bro. That's not cool. <laughs> Understand? Right. Yeah. No. And if we get the white male to be quiet for a second, um, <laughs> the one thing you I are did... dressed in a penguin costume, <laughs> don't you disrespect <laughs> me? Sir. The one thing I got from it, it was. Not that the see, guy was. This, uh, uh, did you just see the comment on YouTube? No, the the testosterone is low on this one. Go fuck yourself, Brian. You're, extremely low. You're, this. you're the exact type of person that is everything wrong with society. You're if you're not joking, delete this YouTube channel. I don't want you anywhere near. We are libertarians. You're an absolute asshole. Now, if you're kidding, then I appreciate a good joke. But if you're not kidding, you're the type of person who doesn't want to listen to anybody else. You have a closed mind and an open mouth, and you're absolutely useless to society. You're worthless to the conversation. Delete your Facebook account and get a job. Stop playing video games and quit being a little beta fruit cake. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, just Thank irritating. You. But I'm if you're that. kidding, we're which, friends. Which fruitcake <laughs> is great with rub. Uh, Thank you. You know, just my- Beta behavior. I'm so tired of these... Go just uh, yeah. Where's respond, the testosterone re- now? Respond where's to this. Testosterone yeah, now? respond to this in your truck rant. <laughs> yeah, um, asshole. Go ahead. The Crash testosterone down. in my body is regulated by the doctor. That's fine. It's good <laughs> for you. Thank Proud you. of you. Thank you, bro. I'm totally gonna get T replacement at some point. Anyways, you were saying. Go ahead. Just irritated me. The one thing I got from it, it was not that the guy was stepping up to protect the female. It was more of of the guy going like, hey. Culturally, no. I'm seeing that as a guy, and I'm saying that as a no. No, no, no. So just giving guys to the idea that hey, if you see another guy to doing it, just tell him like, hey, dude, that's not cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I, well, I I hate that. Mm, no, no. Yeah. Right. No. But it's the same thing. If you see your guy like, oh, I'm gonna get a Tesla. Mm, no, dude. <laughs> no. So my thing is, yes, females need to stand up for themselves, be mm-hmm. more vocal. But this commercial was not about that. This was right. towards men. So we're not addressing all the issues in this one commercial. Yes, women need to be more assertive. We discussed that in, in length on the Me Too episode. Um, but this that commercial was not about that. Right. right. Yeah. What was it about to you? This was directed towards men. Hold each other accountable. Uh, be courageous. I thought it was like be more manly. And when I heard the toxic masculinity on the news report, just like you said, they were putting you in that space. And then immediately after they say, is this the best a man can get? I thought it was like saying this whole man hating. Is this the best men can get? Right. And then like, here's how we've caused it. And then here's the examples of people who are doing 
good and right. you know are are on the good guys team. Yeah, I, I thought it was a good balance of both. Like some already are, and they give all these good examples and all these clips of right. men being men, and it's great. I mean, I don't know. I thought it was like yes, we need we need more masculinity. I I like masculine men. So yeah, and true masculinity, the one that's just you know steps up to the crowd of go like hey, no, no no, I'm going counter what the rest of you guys are saying. I'm just saying what is right. Right. And regardless of what the other group is saying. So I have a really cringy example. On my Facebook page, a lot of uh, <clears throat> the hillbillies from my hometown were sharing this. It's Graham Allen. If you're familiar with Graham Allen. Yeah, what's a, up with that? I've he's heard. A Who's super, Graham Allen? super internet douche. Like a, like a, and I love guns, but he's like a Second Amendment douchebag. Like he's fighting for things that are not threatened, like just making right. stupid arguments. Brian like, from the YouTube comments. Right, exactly. He says... Practicing our toxic masculinity. Hey, Gillette, does this offend you? Yeah, it's I his saw that. son yeah. holding a shotgun, another one holding a handgun, and he is holding a rifle over his shoulder. The irony of it is his daughter is in the middle of all three, and she is unarmed. Really? <laughs> and at her age, I believe I had a 410 shotgun. I mean, so, there, there could be reasons. What's her trigger? Uh, like, discipline? What's the tr- yeah, the girl could not have Ooh, been comfortable. You know. So no, right. no gun. Disarmed. Rely on a man to take care of you. Maybe this is toxic masculinity. You know what I mean? Yeah. Other son's finger. That's what I feel. Right, right. Well, there could be other reasons for it. It could be, you know, mom's behind the camera going, ah, too young. Or it could be any number of reasons. Right. But But it's like, this has nothing to do with guns. Why are we, you know what I mean? It's the Kate Bennett... Liberty Hangout, like I, I, this. Yes. Are, you, are you offended now, Snowflake Libtards? Yes, they're so bad for the cause. Oh right. my gosh, you right. can you can own guns and still be classy. I don't know if anyone's ever told you that. Go ahead, Chris. One uh, aspect that I don't think I've seen anybody else mention is that in that commercial, uh, they do they're talking still about men, and they say something about. I only watched it once. They say that's something about like how you're because there's some parts of the clip uh, of of how like young boys how they're behaving mm-hmm. and fo- focusing on that and like focusing on on on, how, on what kind of men they will be someday that one interesting thing is they didn't you know they're talking about what kind of men they're going to going to be someday it wasn't what kind of person they're going to be whether they want to be a man or a woman yeah. someday I li- it was still about it, it was a choice it, it, two genders is what you're it, saying yeah it's still about two two gender so genders the, it was still staying within that that normal two gender yeah. norm which they was didn't interesting. give in they to the social pressure of uh you're a zen or a that yeah i noticed that too mm. that like we're actually using the tor- the term men and boys and not people yeah. and children we use men and boys it, and it, it was honestly kind of refreshing sorry if that offends anyone i thought mm. it was refreshing no i think that's part of the reason this, of the outrage is that that men are tired of being i mean we talked about this like men uh, weigh in on this hannah and either of you guys but i'm tired of being condescended to i'm tired of being the world's problems right. I'm tired i'm tired of trying to make an effort to meet millennial women where a decent man would and and as a person of values like trying to live out my values and not be hypocritical and not say like to me aggression and strength aren't a virtue that you know that is that is the trump version of masculinity and to me that kind of rings hollow like 
a real man believes in a lot of the values that were articulated in that. Right. You you are a person who upholds justice. You are a person who protects people who can't protect themselves. You are a good father. You are like it had a very right. conservative message at the end. The very last point was be be independent be an individual and be self-reliant right and it's up to you to make a choice whether or not you want it's like, so there were very conservative messages and i think the uh the confusion of of all of this now is you know we've got guys like brian on the youtube comments who's continuing to go and say you know i have too much estrogen that's why i'm emotional it's like those are the kind of guys who who sit there and watch the truck rants and you know, trigger the libtards, but I'm, then implode over a Gillette ad, and it's because you're fragile. You have a very fragile ego, Brian. Right. You're the type of person, I'm assuming, that can't handle differing opinions because you're an insecure about your own. That's probably just a hairball being coughed up it, under the table. It, <laughs> <laughs> no, it was me kicking a cat toy on accident. <laughs> but, you know, the, the, the people who try to push this strength... Uh, like should listen to what Jordan Peterson says because that's a guy who has who is talking to men on a very real level because there's a need for men to actually have a framework to be healthy successful men yes. mm-hmm. and it is not trying to make them women and making women men like men are terrible women and women are terrible men and there are gender differences and there are gender roles and there is yeah. a shift happening in society about gender roles and we're trying to navigate and negotiate that in the extreme parts of the hyper-feminist and the hyper-meninist. Like, they're making it difficult for reasonable people to have those conversations about what it means to be a man. But every time I have these conversations about men's struggles and things that men face, inevitably the female that I'm talking to, but women have it so much worse than X. And it's like you just completely invalidated every feeling or emotion that I have. And if I did that to you, you'd call me a mansplainer. Right. So why is it okay for you to do the same thing because you're the the oppressed? Like, I'm sorry, we're not playing that game. If we're going to play equal, let's be equal. And a man's feelings and emotions are just as valid as yours might be. Right. I mean, am I sounding like an asshole? No. 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 And and if you're living like, with the virtues explained in the Gillette commercial, when you do express your emotions, you're, you're going to be validated for them. People are going to respect you. Courage. Now, if you're like a commenter on on the YouTube page, just you think that aggression is masculinity, and you're just you're total beta. When you come to people with your a complaint, your emotions is going to be seen as complaining or something right. like that. So right, any if you show a weakness is. Mm-hmm weakness is different than vulnerability like right vulnerability is knowing when to share it in the appropriate place and to the appropriate people who have earned your emotions right whereas weakness is inexplicably just being an emotional baby it's in the, wrong the guys place. on facebook saying like no girls want a good guy like the punch card y- yeah nice the, guy punch card yeah, yeah. like no <laughs> nice that's what it is nice guys nice well guys i'm nice. a nice guy so i'm in the friend this, zone yeah that those guys please explain the friend zone from a woman's perspective how do you view that uh what do you mean like the, the people like the guy who's like i the the guy that the memes making fun of i've give I, 10 nice guy punches you go me a sex like, i haven't 
Oh, like oh. The, you know the the friend that doesn't really mm. quite get it. Like you're like, oh, I'm in the friend zone now, or you know what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. Uh, ugh. I, I. What's that emotion? What's that disgust that you're displaying here? I mean, like, it. Whenever you realize, whenever somebody, you realize that they're trying to get out of the friend zone or whatever. It's it's disgusting. It's like, oh, I thought you valued my time as a human. Mm-hmm. You know. Right, but but I but it was all sexually motivated. Right, right. and then it, then you feel totally objectified. Right, like mm-hmm. all the time that we spent together was just you trying to get sex. Right, so then yeah, yeah, eh. yeah. you know yeah. it's like you have a right to not have sex with people, right? Like right. You yeah. have a you can't control your physical attraction either or mm-hmm. your right. your emotional. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And if you're just looking for someone, just as like as friendship, you know, they have to understand that. Yeah, I mean it's. Right. It affects day to day life. Like there are certain things that I don't let guys do for me because I don't want the backlash of. Mm. I, mm. What are some examples? Like, uh, you know, going to lunch with people or going to lunch one on one with a male uh, uh, outside. So right the, now. the the pens rule for women. It's okay for her, but not. <laughs> but no, I think it over overly intimate activities, and I don't mean sexual. I mean like. Too much bonding between a single male or single female when there's, or if you can kind of tell like this person may have some interest because I'm I'm yeah. sure you guys can all kind of tell. Yeah. Or okay, if we're talking about like guns or something, someone says they have a certain type of ammunition. Oh, I don't use it anymore. You can have it. And I'm like, mm, I don't really want to take a gift from you because later you're gonna throw it in my face and say, well, I gave mm. you this and that. Like, right. I've had that happen multiple times. <sighs> Yeah, it's don't cr- be that it's guy. Cringy. It's cringy. It's okay, cringy. Yeah, that guys like offer to work on my car and then later been like, "Good luck." You know, I was too nice to you. Good luck finding another guy to work on your car. Like, have you ever had a problem with that, Hannah? Never had a problem finding <laughs> guys to work on my car. You'll never find anybody like me. Has that ever been the case? Every time, <laughs> every time. Yeah, you just want a douchebag, mean guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're verbally assaulting me. And you're telling me you're a nice guy. All right. Okay. From a female's perspective, let's give the guys who are sitting there going, all right, I'm sometimes too passive aggressive. I'm sometimes too, um, I'm, I use the friend zone. Like from a woman's perspective, like how do you, like how should a guy approach a woman? What does an emotionally healthy man or an attractive man look like to you? Now, obviously attraction's subjective, but I mean, you and your female friends, when you talk about it, what do you Wait, what do you, do you mean like how to identify if you're in the friend zone? No, no, no. no. I mean like um, when you look at a man and you think about masculinity in a healthy way, how do you view it? Uh, masculinity, I view as strength, courage, um, like standing up for your family, for your tribe. Um, um Shirtless ah. selfies with your truck. There, there is a physical <laughs> aspect to me of masculinity, just like there is a physical aspect of femininity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it it sucks, but it is the truth that you know, broad right. shoulders, big arms. Um, yeah, I think okay. success. I think success. I think yeah. if you go into um, confidence, having been a guy who got stuck in the friend zone a lot, like I just approach female friendships, like there's you can't help attraction, but you can help like you if you develop feelings it's what you do with those feelings and how you act if those aren't reciprocated that's really what where the rubber meets the road right and if you go into it going i'm gonna just get to know this person i am attracted to them but if it doesn't work out at least i gained a friend 
Right. Because there's going to be another female that I'm will be attracted like it's this scarcity mindset that I think really kills a lot of guys because they're you know I got married because I thought I would never get another date mm. when I was in my mid twenties and then it was just like boy was this a mistake and now it's it's different because I don't have that scarcity mindset it's like in the beard you know the beard has helped, I think me. one of the worst things that happened to us as a culture is you know how horrific it is when someone asks you what are we. Mm-hmm. Like someone that you're, you've just went on maybe one or two dates with, and then they hit you with the "What are we?" Trying to force a label. Like, like what is this? Right. Well, it's like, is that so bad of a question to ask? Like, or is that actually being like courageous? So you're and, and honest. You're saying uh, pro label or anti label? Does that actually happen? I'm not saying. Oh, yeah, oh. all the time. Yeah. So, so where's? I mean, it's worded differently. So, like, where is this going? Like, what are your intentions? Like, what do you see out of this? But it's like. You know, maybe the person's just asking to gauge the next path. Like, you know, are you pursuing an unrealistic target? Do you just want a friend? Okay, then then yeah. we can be friends. Or if if you're only engaging with this person for a romantic relationship and they tell you straight up they don't want one, well, I mean, is that not is that not fair? I, I Why do, is it so cringy when people ask? I, I, and I do think that there is um, there have been women that I've been interested in. They're not interested. I'm like, okay, I don't. I'm not. I don't need another friend. You know, like my my interest was right. romantic, right? You know, and so I think that there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's just how maybe the thing that we're trying to grasp at is the conversation. It's how you react to the conversation. Mm-hmm. I think if you if you're looking to be abusive to someone because they didn't validate you, that's the problem. But there's nothing wrong with asking the question. It's it's just accept whatever outcome. Hmm. Um, yeah. Because there's a lot of times I felt like, man, this guy really doesn't get it. Like, he really doesn't get it. But I can't say, like, it's so rude to be like, just so you know, like, this is, we're strictly friends. Would it be fair to say that if you're listening to this and you're concerned about this, you're probably not the guy we're talking about? Oh, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Okay, then there, there's this point because now if someone is honest with you, you ask, you know, what are we? And they say just friends. How do you, your reaction to that will say everything about your character? Uh-huh. Because a lot of times I've been like completely verbally assaulted. Like, uh-huh. like, like what I was saying, like, how dare you? I, mm-hmm. I worked on your car. I did this for you. I did all this. Like, well, right. you were, you had ill motivations. Like, you know, you right. had you had ulterior motives when you did those things. So, I don't know. I think you should probably, everyone should probably be worried about it. Does that work <laughs> both ways? Because, like, there's sometimes, like, I'll be helpful to a female friend when I first start meeting them. And I feel like they're flirting at me. Like, hey, we're just friends here. Right. You know? I you know? think that's fair. Yeah. yeah. I, or like, you can use humor. Yeah, because uh, a lot of the time when I feel like they're like they're overtly flirting at me, I was like, uh, here's photos of my wife. You know, <laughs> yeah. just start throwing them at them. And I right. feel bad. It's like, yeah, and look, I, I'm and so to kind of circle it, here. kind of circle it back. I, I think we have a problem where we're focusing on the guys who are are the problem. And so people in media, when they consume media, you, dear listener, who are listening to this, go, you internalize everything we say. So you're judging everything based on your own bias. So anything that is said on this program, you're thinking about how it applies to you, which is why we, that's how we craft the content. That's how we think about the topics that we do. We're thinking about you, the listener, right? 
And so when you hear discussions like this, and it's um, somebody who is attacking men, you may be a perfectly decent man, but you hear, I feel attacked. These, these, you, you, you internalize it because you're in an in-group that is being attacked you know, by an out-group. And so the tribal instincts kick in. And uh, I really think it's how you conduct the conversation that matters a lot. But that's part of the problem. I don't think that women are sensitive enough to how... It's like I explained in the video with toxic masculinity. If I called Hannah a bitch right now, she you'd, you'd be hit with a flood of emotions and f- a lot of different feelings about that, and especially the way that it might be delivered... And I don't think that women appreciate that when things like toxic masculinity are said, they don't fully appreciate that. The only time I've ever been told that I'm a misogynist or there's toxic masculinity, it's never been someone sitting down next to me, a female friend going, hey, I want to talk to you about how you talk about women. It's never been that. No, it's an emotional response. It's an emotional response from somebody who doesn't understand the point I'm trying to make. They don't understand me because they're emotional and mad. And so it's it's an epithet. It's it's someone tossing a, a hateful word. It toxic masculinity. I think reads to men like the c word or the b word for men, mm-hmm. and and women roll their eyes at that. And that's part of the problem. You're rolling your eyes, yeah. and men are completely dismissed in this conversation because we've had thirty years, and this is not a bad thing. I have two nieces I dearly love that I want to be successful and have an equal opportunity at every opportunity. But like when you really look around, female home ownership is much better. College graduation is much better. You do really have equal pay, uh, despite people dropping in and out of the workforce, which shows the seventy-five percent drop. You have, you have women. Uh, like I was at a conference this year, this past year, and everyone over fifty was male and white, and everyone under fifty was female and intersectional. Like they were. Di- of different races, colors, creeds, and that's great. I want those people to have an opportunity, but like, I've I have a nephew on the way, and I'm going to go. Why don't you learn a trade? Because white collar careers, they're worried about making sure that they look good to shareholders, and so you don't have as much of a chance as your your cousins do, female cousins. So, and that's when men go, okay, I'm blamed for every ill in society. I have less opportunities. Whether they do or not, that's yeah. how they feel. And so when, the way that the emotion... So when a, a Razor commercial comes along, it feels very condescending, feels very unfair, and it doesn't even matter what they're actually trying to say. It's just, I'm tired of being the problem. And at some point, you're going to get what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And I watched the Brexit movie. I don't, watch the <laughs> Brexit movie on HBO. It's great. It's like... The people didn't get... Craig Oliver in the movie just didn't get in this scene where he bursts in and starts trying to control the the and this woman ends up bursting into tears going you don't know what it's like where i live you people have ruined everything and i'm going to teach you a lesson and those same people have not learned their lesson about trump like you haven't learned your lesson about donald trump you're still condescending to me here's 15 situations from this weekend alone where you didn't listen you're lying you're you're clearly the culture is Liberals, so we just automatically assume the guys in the MAGA hats are the bad ones. The religious people are the bad ones. And all that mocking that we did a few years ago of, oh, yeah, Christian conservatives are the ones that are really put upon in this society. Like, at a certain point, the cultural conversation is automatically MAGA bad. Right. And, and, and that's unfair. Like, 
as a person who is not a Trump supporter, I don't feel my first impulse should be looking at these children in MAGA hats and going, oh, well, they're automatically racist. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> I think it's unfair. Yeah. Yeah. So, um... I'm just going to look at you two till you talk. One thing uh, with the Gillette thing that I think sparks some of the outrage is, and, okay, so men have been saying feminism is cancer for <laughs> how long now? Harry on this program and since he came on the show. I am not the type of person that is like, well, you guys are saying this about me, so I'm glad they're saying it about you. I'm not glad that this toxic max- masculinity term is now popular. Um but it's not like toxic feminism didn't exist either, and men weren't talking about that. I mean, everyone's acting like this is the most offensive thing that ever could have been said, but we've been calling feminists, feminazis, uh, feminism is cancer, and yada, yeah. yada, yada, yada for a long time. So, so this is, you know, perhaps a response to that. But also, is everyone in the marketing department at P&G female? No. Right. Also, fact check, I've never said... Uh, Feminism is uh, I know, it's teasing. Uh, you know, you're the, but you were the, you were the OG meninist on the show. No, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> not a meninist. That's not a thing. I've seen your truck rants. I don't have a truck rant. Subaru rant. I don't, have a Subaru, I don't know what that is, but I don't have a Subaru rant. We're doing Subaru rants for now. But I don't take, when people say toxic feminism or feminism is cancer, I don't take that personally. So why right. is everyone taking, why are normal people, just a normal person, right? why are normal people taking such offense to toxic masculinity? Why? Well, if you, uh, go ahead, Harry. Well, because it's such a, it's a, it's a term that is just used as a, cudgel onto guys on right. the internet forums right. all the time because it's ill-defined right. and it's a and it's a term used by educated feminists of against to when they go back to their start dealing with the townies so normal people who did not go to college right that's the, <laughs> and that's who they use the term against yeah harry is a very upstanding he's one of the one of if not the best man i know most masculine people i know he represents masculinity to me yeah and if Harry were in a conversation with a person who is just an idiot, but thinks they're very educated, who's condescending and smug online, they're going to call Harry, uh, he's just full of toxic masculinity or he's a misogynist. Right. And it's like that doesn't fit the reality of my identity. My identity is somebody who actually takes pride in trying to be a man. And so – Yeah. F- fuck you. Right. <laughs> yeah, like my first like 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 hit like full face with like a feminist was in high school. Our health teacher was a feminist. Yeah. You know, that's how I hit it. You know, like this way I first got it. Like sex education was my sex education was done with by a feminist. Right. You know, which you know, honestly, our class better off for it. Sorry if anyone has any problem with that, but Lay- no, you know. Lucky Lacey. Uh, yeah, not I, that. So, you are wrong. You are wrong. Uh, but I think it, it, the other thing that I've noticed about these particular situations, it's like with the Gillette ad. After a few days, it starts with the source material, and then there's a counterattack to it, mm-hmm. and then there's an attack to the attack, and then there's an attack to the attack of the attack, yeah. and it builds and it builds and it builds, and eventually, after a couple days, you're watching people on Twitter and social media have conversations about things that are that are not even even a part of the actual thing, like. Right. There are people right now on Twitter arguing about the the Catholic high school kids that have probably never watched any of the videos. They don't actually know what happened, but they know what their friends have said about it, and that's what they're arguing. That was their source material. Yeah. 
And that, to me, is the craziest part, is that we're making decisions based on, and we do this with politics, people are not actually going and reading, um, let alone theory, they're not going and reading bills, or they're not reading actual legislation, or they're not talking to legislators. Mm -hmm. They're just arguing based on what demagogues or uh, a Sean Hannity or Rachel Maddow may have said, and they never realize that maybe some of those people, like a Phillips, comes along and manipulates the situation mm-hmm. to make him look like the hero and the kids look like the racists. Yeah. And, you know, he he's using it for his own personal gain, and people are just trusting. People want to believe there are good people and there are bad people, and, like, I think people on the right are tired of feeling like they're always the goat. They're always the people who are on the wrong side of everything. Mm-hmm. You know, it's you look at Karen, yeah. like, I know Karen Pence. I know her personally, and she was my ex-wife's sixth grade teacher. Like, I know people, I could, I am within one phone call of the vice president at this moment. I know people that close to him. Um, I've been around him and watched him for years. I have very big disagreements with the man, but fundamentally, he is not what the left says he is. He is not the cultural meme. Karen Pence is a very nice and decent person. And so for Lady Gaga to call her, uh, Mike Pence, the worst Christian on the planet, the worst representation, and like, you know, the only thing that you know about Karen Pence now is that she's teaching at this school that wants to electrocute gays. And it's like, if you actually, like, I haven't dug into the story, but I bet if I looked at the story, it's way less sensational, mm-hmm. and it's not that the school wants to electrocute gays. It's that they have a clause somewhere in some creed that says they're against this thing, but then they just kind of look the other way. Mm-hmm. And that, like that's the reality of how this stuff works, and it's just – I think part of the conversation when we're online, we need to step back and go, I should probably go check. That's why Reinhold, I think, annoys people so much. Mm-hmm. Dennis is an incredibly bright man who mm-hmm. – I'm sorry, Reinhold, who is a very smart man who goes and really looks at source material first and foremost, and then he just presents the facts to people, and people on the left and the right can't handle it, because when Reinhold starts actually publishing what the story was and all the the facts about it, they go, "Ah," they melt down, because there's a little bit of shame, too. It's like, I kind of know I'm... like. We all know there have been times, and I did it this weekend with this situation, where you're like, I'm arguing something when I haven't really looked at the source. I pass, I watched the one video, but then I didn't watch the other videos because I'm like, these people are just trying to push fake news, so I'm just going to double down. Mm-hmm. And like, had I been more intellectually honest, I would have watched the videos that Tad was sending. You know, But Tad's always on the opposite side of the main narrative, and so you're just like... Yeah, that's Tad. Good old Tad. Right, but Tad was right about every single thing. Yeah. Like, now Tad's the authority. so funny. Right. I love it. Tad Western. Good old Tad talk. Don't doubt Tad. Okay. I I hope that everyone is more skeptical of the media after this weekend, though. Yeah. Why why haven't we been? You know, come on. I mean, we have been. Yes. But but the rest of the world that got Mm. duped, like... Yeah. I was skeptical of CNN ever since the, I think it was like 2002 when like the booty song came on and Don Lemon was going off on this person who came out with this booty song when it was about making fun of a lot of different songs that were like that. But he was more wanting to attack this other guy who was basically protesting the other so- songs that were going on BET. So yeah. I've known Don Lemon and CNN has been fake news for a long time. Mm. Chris, you okay over there? You got the jet lag kicking in. You 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 hanging with us? Yeah, yeah, I'm 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 hanging on. All right, if you have something to say, you just have to talk. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, just a burst in. Yeah, it was uh, um, 
a long part of the conversation earlier, I, it was hard for me to say anything because I uh-huh. have a very different uh, relationship to relationships. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah. And so that's why I was, that's it's okay. been, I've been quiet for quite a while. <laughs> yeah, 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 sure, sure. Um, we, we won't get into that. But it, yeah. It, yeah, the so let's actually talk about what happened. Let's give you some facts. Now, as we talked about with Paul Joseph Watson last week, we believe that you are intelligent people, and so we try not to insult your intelligence. And sometimes that means that we're going to bring you sources that culturally right sources that have put together something that is uh, succinct that nobody else has done. And I think part of with with these issues where it's hard to look like that's why people start with uh, that's why the ACLU defended the Nazis in Skokie, Illinois. It's why you have to defend Alex Jones's right to to exist as a platform. Yeah, there's property rights, and Facebook shouldn't be forced to Mm -hmm. do business with people. Like they took away my Roku channel. Like I can't watch Alex Jones on Roku anymore. Uh, That's where I watched him. Now I'm I'm a person who watches Alex Jones, but I don't believe the things that he says. I think he's comedy. I'm mad that. I'm mad that they take away my right to find other information. But if you say Alex Jones has a right to exist on these platforms, I I am interested in hearing what his point of view is because he speaks to millions of people. Oh, you agree with Alex Jones? And that feels very uncomfortable because then you're like, oh, my vanity's kicking in, my pride's kicking in, I can't get tossed out of the group, I don't want people to think that I'm a conspiracy theorist, Like, which is a term of just shame mm-hmm. to make you not engage in specific pieces of information um and so it's very insidious because they use our own social proof mindset against us our own vanity against us to not argue that hey i'm Mm going to play you a glenn beck video because i think the information is the most succinct out of anybody else's videos and it's going to waste the least amount of your time it's going to take eight minutes for you to know everything that happened but it's from Glenn Beck. So grow the fuck up. Ah, uh, Glenn Beck. Oh, he, he, <laughs> right. right. Uh, and so I, I look at it and I go, I read Vox. I read Vox articles on here all the time. I read Think Progress. I read Raw Story every day. I read the Wall Street Journal. I have a subscription, a prescription. Like, <laughs> you just have to, like, we have a bifurcated media stream. It, you know, you know about bifurcated streams, Harry. Um, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, <laughs> and so, Sorry. all the dirty minds out there going. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll explain later, Chris. Uh, they don't have those things in Norway. When you're older, right? Yeah. Um, he's got three kids. I'm sure he's had a few. Uh, so all of a sudden, you wake up the next morning, hit pissing on the wall. Yeah. Um, there, there just are. There's a lot of good information in a lot of the various quarters, and you know, we have the Rushville Republican and the Cordon Democrat because in the 1800s, it was all partisan news. Yeah, Brookville Democrat represent. Yep. Hell yeah! So, Glenn Beck put out this video, and I'll put it in the show notes uh, because I think um, I think he put together a really succinct. It's 24 minutes. I'm not going to play it all. We're about eight minutes into it, and uh, Father Time here. Is going. He went. He had his team, and it, it, Beck has a great research team. He's got a great prep team. What are you laughing about, Chris? Mm, nothing. All right. I just. I just wanted to make sure that if you had a thought, you could say it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He's tired. He's getting tired. Uh, yeah. I'm tired. Uh, do they have Bang in Norway? 
they have what? Bang. Bang? Uh, no, I don't think so. Do you drink think. after people in Norway? I drink after people. <laughs> 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 there are germs? You have germs in Norway or is it too cold? It's we too have cold loads of germs. If you want to try this, you can actually have the rest of it because... I need to sleep tonight. Georgia peach sleep. It's 300 tea. milligrams of caffeine. That's all you need to know. Yeah, bro. You're going to be <laughs> lit. Nice. Um, so so he, he basically had his prep staff go through. He's got a great research team, and they put together this video. So where we're at in the videos in all of the different running themes here is the Indigenous People's March. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, before I read this, let me kind of set it up in a broader perspective. Thomas Massey actually had a great interview. The the school is in his district. Thomas Massey is a libertarian-leaning congressman from Kentucky. And uh, this Big League Politics article, which I'll link to if you want to listen to it, uh, let me just read some of what he had to say because I think it was very succinct uh, and good. So the social media mob is a left-wing mob, Massey said. The right does not do this. It is considered harassment if it comes from the right, and if it comes from the left, it's just free speech. And there's your double standard. I agree and I don't agree, because the left, he's beating up on the left, but the fact is the left has a long-standing history of using agitate, agitating, they agitate. And they view everything from leftist activists, okay? Maybe not every Democrat, but leftist activists look at things in the lens of oppressors and oppressed. And so whatever you do to an oppressor is acceptable. It doesn't matter how you treat the oppressor. As long as you bring down their power and bring up the oppressor, it's justifiable. It's it's the... the, the early days of uh, of Malcolm X, you know, the ends justify the meme, the memes. <laughs> <laughs> now, Patriots, geez. Dun, 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 starting in, uh, you know, it started in the early 2000s when I was at CPAC and there was all this conversation about how we need our own mob-like tactics. We need our own restless giant, which, or moveon.org, that will go out and harass businesses and advertisers and they're you know restless giant and move on these are the people that got and media matters these are the people that got ben shapiro's uh advertisers to cancel because they have spreadsheets of all the numbers to call and they put it out to thousands of activists they're very organized they have great networks and so the left the right has developed its own little mob squad david horowitz over at discoverthenetworks.org i believe it is or dot com He's really kind of been the one that has pushed this notion. Andrew Breitbart was a person that pushed this notion. We need to get in their face just as they're getting in our face. Uh, and, and there is a double standard. When the, um, when the Republicans do it, when Newt Gingrich or Donald Trump steps up and starts punching the left back, that's outrageous. But when they just, the, the media wants the Republicans and the, and the right to submit. And... When the right doesn't, they're violent extremists, which is why nonviolence must always be your main principle. And these kids really did show a lot of mm-hmm. nonviolent restraint. And so social media is – it leans left, and, and the blue tr- Twitter check marks really are better organized. They have made an industry out of agitation and community organizing, and they have much more money. And so when you hear people talking about Soros, that's what people are actually talking about. It's unfair that they have racketeering going on, and they're extorting these companies, and they're, they're, uh, they're diminishing the Republican voice, uh, and the harassment must stop. And so forever, Republicans have said, we're not going to engage in this behavior because we don't want to 
stoop to that level. And then there's a lot of people like Donald Trump who came along and said, we should stoop to this level. We need to punch them right back. So that was what I was reacting to. It's like, I don't want the right to engage in that. I don't want young libertarians listening to this to think that that kind of that kind of agitation is okay. I think you have to uh, be more cerebral about it and be more persuasive as opposed to being a harasser. Uh, and so I'm, I'm very worried about that kind of stepping, setting up the template. But um, what happens with the left, Massey says, though, is they cross over into reality. They migrate off of social media and they start calling the city of Covington to get tax records and figure out where people live. They go to their houses and figure out where they work and try to get the parents fired. That actually happened. That's the difference. I mean, we all know Twitter's a dumpster fire, but try and take that fire and spread it into real life. That's what this is. This is bullying. Uh, Massey continued, it's almost like this big psychology experiment this weekend. Like Freshman Psychology 101, he said, you were told before you saw the video what you were watching so that when you watched the video, you completely fell for it. Framing. Think of toxic masculinity at the beginning of the ad. It's called framing. So, for instance, you were told before you watched this video that these kids were chanting, build the wall, and you can't make out the words. You can't. You assume, yeah, they're chanting, build the wall. In fact, they were not. It's, it's really, if you watch the video in Audible, uh, you were told this kid was smirking and that he had gotten in the face of this Native American, but that's not the case. The kid was smiling. He was trying to defuse the situation, broadcast to his friends that he wasn't feeling threatened, so they didn't need to feel threatened either. And then you were told that these kids surrounded that older man, and that was not the case. Uh, but if you were told all these things, and then you watched the video, it was not hard to fall for it, Massey said. But after watching the longer videos, I know that Nick didn't do anything wrong. I won't use his last name. Uh, he doesn't need that. Uh, he did what most 16-year-olds don't have the composure to do, which is to diffuse the situation that was not of his own making and was a situation he'd never been in before. Everything he's been taught in his life prepared him to do the right thing, and that's what he did. So that's Thomas Massey. Now, we pick up with Glenn Beck and the timeline that he presented uh, on YouTube, on his radio show, of the actual happenings and the events. And uh, it starts with the Indigenous People's Rally. And the kids were all told to meet at the bus location. And uh, showing up to the People's Indigenous Rally were the Black Hebrews. Uh, You probably haven't heard a lot about these, and these were the bad guys. And so the Black Hebrews have been there harassing the Indigenous People's Rally. These They're on the streets here in Indianapolis. You may have seen them. You work downtown. I don't know if you've run across them, but they're usually under the Arts Garden. And they are... um, uh, as Beck says, he's like any journalist, any person that lives in New York, as I have, meaning Glenn Beck, understands who the black Hebrews are and what they're about. They're violent people who are uh, essentially, long story short, the black Hebrews believe in the Old Testament. They start calling uh, – they're here to harass. They're calling them Uncle Tomahawk. They're shouting racial epithets at the at the Native Americans uh, at one point when – the when phillips walks by they call him a name like gad and gad is essentially like the like an old testament monster Mm -hmm. and so they're harassing them they start harassing the boys they start calling the boys names cracker amongst other things they start calling them gay slurs they start saying you know donald trump's gay and they're like who cares 
so let's pick it up there. So the the black Hebrews have been harassing the people at the indigenous people's rally. And then we're going to pick up right before the boys get there. Uh, you can go back and watch the rest of that context if you so choose. Completely dismissed this. Why, I wonder. He's talking about the black Hebrews. This goes back and forth for over an hour with the black Hebrew Israelites even resorting to calling other African-Americans in the vicinity the N-word because they don't agree with them. So the black Hebrews, are he's talking about Native Americans have been engaging them, black uh, black people who are there for the indigenous rally are engaging them, and they are harassing everyone. Now, it's about this time that the boys from Covington High School all begin gathering in large numbers, waiting for their ride home. We're going to play a small portion of what ensued next because it leads directly to the incident that would immediately go viral. But keep it in mind for later because I'm going to come back to this clip. This specific line of insults toward the Covington boys, again, directly followed another instance where the black Israelites were being confronted for their racism and bigotry. Listen. Look at all these dusty-ass crackers with that racist garbage on. Look at these dirty-ass crackers. Can't stand in the damn sun for five minutes. Why you don't build the damn wall? Can't stand in the damn sun. Let me ask you something. Is that a common... Harry, I don't... You can't stand in the sun. That That's a... Use that one when you're over it's in so Norway. So true, though. Yeah, I know, I but can't. it's the tr- it's the truth, though. It's yeah. so the truth. Right? Yeah. That's a yeah. They like, can't stand the sun. Raw hates them. Like you know? they've been raising the temperature, but at that point, I would have been like, "What?" <laughs> Y'all want to build a wall for Mexico's? Now, <clears throat> remember this clip because I have to come back to it. By now, not only the boys from Covington were getting annoyed, but the entire area in a 300-meter radius was trying to get the black Israelites to shut up. They were, it was disunion and disharmony with everyone they touched. The high school kids, in order to drown out the racism, racism and bigotry, decided that a pep rally would be louder than the hate coming from the street preachers. Now, this is also something they do every year. They have done this for 10 years. Every year, they meet at the steps of the Lincoln Memorial, and they shout their prep prep rally shouts. This time, it worked also to help drown out the hate directed mainly towards Native Americans. Here's what happened. One kid has his shirt off, and they're kind of in a line, and they're just doing a, a, a chant. Very teenage boy behavior. This is their prep. It had nothing to do with anything. They've done it for 10 years, and it did drown out the hatred. 
Now, this, I mean, to their credit, they found, and this jives with all of their statements, this jives with all of the video, what Beck is saying, uh, they found a positive way to neutralize very negative people. Instead of walking over, I don't know that I had that level of common sense at 16, 17. Mm. Like, they had the common sense to not engage these guys in a very aggressive way, and they do engage Phillips and his crew uh, later on. But they start they're constantly trying to diffuse it again. Like they're actively there to try and keep it from becoming a thing. Like I think that's he doesn't do a great job of hitting that, but they I think that needs to be said. A kid thing to do, but it's honestly I would much if I were there, I would have said, Thank God, look at these kids. It's much better listening to the bigotry coming from the mouths of the black Israelites and now some, and I want to just emphasize this, some Native Americans who just lost their temper, okay? Um, But right as this is going on, one of the Native American attendees of the Indigenous Peoples March approaches the Covington group. He walks away from the area that the Native American demonstration had gathered and walks right past the black Israelites directly into the middle of high schoolers. Now, he stops right in front of a 17-year-old banging a drum a couple of inches from his face. This is the moment where it began. Watch and listen. Here come Gad! Here come Gad! Here come Gad! Here comes Gad. Look, look at our Make America Great Again hats. Look at the hats. Look at the hats. We ain't taking. Look, we not taking. Look at Gad. That's right, Gad. Look at Gad. Now, notice the drum beat with the chants. The kids are doing their chants. They don't know who this Native American is. They know that this that Native Americans have been hassled by the black Israelites. That they have watched and seen. So when the Native American comes over, they think that he's on their side trying to drown out the black Israelites. But did you notice what the black Israelites were calling the Native American with the drum? They called him Gad. Here comes Gad. Here comes Gad. Gad? Who the hell is Gad? You have to go to Isaiah chapter 65. The black Israelites still are continuing to insult the Native Americans. This is a false god. So when he says, oh, here comes Gad, he is mocking the Native Americans. Again, the totem pole worshiper, oh, now here comes their false god with the drum. Nobody in the media said anything about this. Nobody in the media had a problem with any of this. The black Israelites continue to insult the Native Americans but not a mention of any of it. Now, the Native American, his name is Nathan Phillips. He is a 30-year left-wing activist. 
And he marches right up to one of the students and gets right directly in his face. Now, the media left all of the pre-stuff out. So you have no idea that these kids are actually helping the Native American. Yeah, you didn't get any of that, did you? <laughs> like, there isn't any bit of it where you're like, oh, they're helping them? Oh, okay. Now, th- this is based on his, I don't know if it's direct conversations, but it's reports and tweets from the kids, and it's like, then the, the boy, that the smirking, the one with the assault smirk, he is the one that is uh, released a statement uh, so I don't know how much of this is him presuming and how much of it is him finding fact. I wish he had done a better job of that, but uh, I think it's a good presumption to think, yeah, they're on our side. We've been on their side. Like, like you, you just wouldn't expect that a 30-year leftist activist who has no good intentions because he's walking into a group of hyped-up teenage boys in MAGA hats and he thinks – Man, if I get a MAGA kid to punch me in the face, think about the think about how great that would be. Man, I'll be I'll be rich. How betrayed they must have felt. So as Nathan Phillips, the Native American, walks over with the drum, the black Israelites are still still calling them names, the, the, the Native Americans, calling Nathan Phillips Gad, the name of a false god, and they continue to insult them, but not a peep in the media. Now, Phillips initially told the Washington Post the boy surrounded him as he was just preparing to leave. There is zero evidence of this. In fact, our video shows the exact opposite. He later contradicted this in an interview with the Detroit Free Press, admitting that it was he, not they, that initiated the contact. He also stated that he did this because the Covington kids were attacking the black Israelites. This is clearly not what happened. Clearly. If you've watched the video, it is painfully obvious This is not what happened. The white boys stayed way away from the confrontation. It was a confrontation between the black Israelites and the Native Americans. And it was the black Israelites who are known by reporters in New York to be vile, despicable street thugs. Now, Phillips' actions seem completely at odds with every other Native American present at the rally that day. There was only a handful that were nasty. The vast majority were either debating or getting confrontational with the uh, black Israelites. None of them were at odds with the high school kids. Not a single Native American. Not one. One of the catalysts for why some of, say, Phillips decided to do what he uh, did was... Uh, due to the claim that the boys were saying, build that wall, and they felt insulted by that. Now, remember, Nathan Phillips is part of a group that is against the border wall. No borders, no walls. Okay? That's why he was protesting. He was protesting the border wall. So, of course, someone wearing a MAGA hat has to be for the border wall. That's why he targeted that boy. 
Now, in interview after interview, he said they were chanting, build that wall. In zero instances that we have found on videotape, and we've watched it all, zero times have the boys said, build that wall. But we did find it, and I played it for you earlier. The organizer of the Indigenous Peoples March claim, I heard that. The New York Times, quick to point out, that was build that wall. It's a quote, quote, a rallying cry of supporters of Mr. Trump, which brings me. Just to clarify, the only person that ever audibly said build that wall was the black Hebrew in the video that he played earlier. And that's what the New York Times reported. Back to the video I told you to remember. Listen to it. But this time, listen to the black Israelite leader and what he's saying in the background to the Native Americans. Look at all these dusty-ass crackers with that racist garbage on. Look at these dirty-ass crackers. Can't stand in a damn sun for five minutes. Build that wall. Can't stand in a damn sun. Let me ask y'all something. Y'all want to build a wall for Mexico's... He's... He's saying to the indigenous people, build that wall, build that wall. Why don't you build that wall? They're so worried about the people from Mexico. So it was said, but it was said. Let me correct back. That's actually the black Hebrew screaming that at a group of kids kind of like standing around watching in MAGA hats. Uh, But the the idea that maybe Phillips misheard that is totally makes total sense. By the black Israelites. Not one of the Covington kids. Out of all of the video evidence from the entire event, the only time Build That Wall was ever heard was when it was said by the leader of the black Israelites. The media never did any of this work. They never looked at the entire body of evidence to find out what really happened. They saw young white boys from a Christian school wearing a MAGA hat, and they instantly handed out a verdict of guilty. Did Nathan Phillips do this as an activist looking for exposure? Well, I will tell you this about that old man who cried on TV. Here's what he said in an interview. Now that you have the video and you've seen it with your own eyes, exactly what happened, now let me repeat what Nathan Phillips said happened. He told the Washington Post and then the Detroit Free Press, they, the Covington boys, witnessed these individuals, the black Hebrew Israelites group, on their soapbox about what they had to say, Well, they didn't agree with it, and they got offended. They were in the process of attacking these four black individuals. I was there. I witnessed all of this. And it kept going on and on and escalating. It just got to a point where you have to do something or you'll walk away, you know? You see something that's wrong, and you're faced with that choice of right or wrong. And that is the moment when I knew I had to put myself between beast and and pray that was a quote by phillips these young men were beastly to these old black individuals and that was their prey and i stood between them and so they needed their pound of flesh and they were looking at me for my pound of flesh 
It was ugly what these kids were involved in. It was racism. It was hatred. It was scary. I mean, if you go back and look at the lynchings that were done in America, you'd see the faces on those people, the glee and the hatred on their faces. That's what these faces looked like. The black Israelites were saying some harsh things, but some of it was true. These young white American kids who were being taught in their Catholic school, their doctrine, their truth. And when they found out that there was more truth out there than what they were being taught, they were offended. They were insulted and they were scared. And that's how they responded. The one thing I was taught in my Marine Corps training is that a scared man will kill you. And that's what these boys were. They were scared. I'm still scared. I'm still feeling vulnerable, but I will not back down. This man is despicable. All right. So then he goes on a two-minute rant that, like, I was playing the national anthem afterwards. You can finish the rest of that. That's his. He gives his opinion, and I, so I, you go to Glenn Beck's YouTube channel and watch that. Yeah. Um, but I think this is a really important learning moment for people. You don't realize that the news is manufactured sometimes by people like Phillips. Here's a guy who sees a group of kids. It's a great visual. This is straight out of Rules for Radicals by Saul Alinsky. I'm going to agitate. I'm going to go over and I'm going to provoke and provoke and provoke and provoke. And you provoke until you get a reaction. And then when you get the reaction, you scream and you send it. Why do you think that this video within hours was on major media networks? Because the left has networks to make that happen. The boys, you still haven't heard all of the boys' side. We've mm-hmm. been, it's been days, and you haven't really heard in the media the boys' side. And that's because the left has built these networks to make this stuff happen. Now, I'm not for provocation, but I certainly think that building networks for libertarians is a fantastic idea for reasons like this. Because if you can get your story out, then you can prevent fake news from happening. And that's what Phillips tried to do. Phillips didn't expect that there would be so many cameras. So he did the most Alinsky thing he could do. He had one camera, his camera. He edited it the way that he wanted. And then he didn't expect that there would be 20 different angles on cell phones that would out him as a complete fraud and liar. And he is... Beck is right. He's a despicable person who picked on teenage boys to provoke them to get a reaction. He got the reaction that he wanted, and then he made news out of it, and then America got fooled. And so people are tired of being idiots. What what I have learned in media and in politics is that if you make people feel stupid, if you make them feel like fools, if you they feel like you have tricked them, they will turn on you, and they will devour you. And we're coming to a time very quickly, we're not going to have a civil war. We're going to have a cleansing, and I don't mean in a violent way. I think that the the attention is going to rapidly turn away from these outlets because people are going to start questioning. This is, I think, a very healthy thing to have happened because we now see how left networks then make news with their left media partners – and we all get fooled, and we feel stupid. And so next time, we're going to go, let's take a beat. Let's see what everybody has to say about this before we actually comment. Mm-hmm. I hope that's the case. That'll happen for about three months, and then yeah, we'll forget. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, pretty much. I've had two people ask me this today. Uh, so what news outlet do we trust? 
you know, we people who, right, 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 right. <laughs> but yeah. I, I fell for it, so don't even yeah. trust me. So, so and I'm like, you don't, you don't trust you don't. any of them. You can't. You have to just wait. You just have to be a good. You have to go to HuffPo. I, I don't say HuffPo. I, you have to go to the Atlantic, Vox. Uh, you can tell highbrow. Go to the Hill. Go to your mainstream news, like the New York Times. Go to conservative sites, like. Um, I don't want to recommend the Daily Caller anymore. Uh, <laughs> the, the Daily Wire, the Blaze, you know, see what the different conversations are. And when you start having conversations, you have to be your own journalist. And so, being your own journalist, it's not that hard. All you got to do is go to Reason, National Review, and Vox. Go to those three sites and yeah. the New York Times website. You have four websites a day to read. Maybe go to Zero Hedge if you want the conspiracy, fringy stuff. Like, go to those four websites. And you have a pretty clear picture of this kind of stuff. You just have to hear the differing opinions and then give it some space and time and see what the conversations are. And then you realize what the story was. Uh, And and it's not hard to do. I mean, what we have learned to do over the last couple of years is weed out the BS and find the real arguments. And sometimes they're on the left and sometimes they're on the right. Like, I know it was just beating up on the left, but this is a serious problem with our societies that you guys are are, are are creating fake news and then claiming that Alex Jones is, and he is too. But yeah. um, the other thing is just just like mass shootings, sit on it, mm-hmm. keep your mouth shut and sit on it, and read the printed news about the mass shooting. Yeah. Days, you know about the week afterwards. I think that's a great point. If you're watching TV news, you're having your intelligence insulted. You turn on CNN, you are being indoctrinated. Mm-hmm. There is something about the TV that is especially insidious, yeah. and the print. Print is where you need to go. For some reason, yeah, if they're willing to put it down in print, yeah. it is, you know, it's, you, you, you it's did, just you different. Couldn't, you couldn't trust your own eyes. Massey is right. They framed it, and so when you clicked play, you had the framing mm-hmm. in well, your mind. Even with the uh, the supposed blackface today, Yeah, I mean, I said... In our private group chat, I, I had said, like, I don't know if you saw those yeah. messages, where, but I was like, uh, if you notice everyone else is wearing black, I think it's a blackout. And the response was like, right. oh, honey, no. And it's like, but wait. But and wait. then all the other pictures come out right. of all the other seasons where they did the same thing with different colors. Right. It's mm-hmm. like, just because you have the a photo, mm-hmm. it doesn't show the context. You're showing one little moment in time correct yeah and with the printed with printed media with that the editor was like whoa 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 what's this one photo that you're bringing up that you're writing an article on they would just send that back send it back down you know like no no no. research that again before we go and print this out it's just different yeah right don't trust these hoes <laughs> you you got me called a misogynist. I today. did. It was the greatest part of my day so far. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, little old Hannah goes, I want a new Gadsden flag with Cardi B's face on it. And I found a perfect one with a tongue. Uh, and it says, don't trust these hoes. And we were talking about the media. And I posted it to the We Are Libertarians page. And the first comment is from some woman going, that's not misogynistic at all. And I could see from her point of view, like, you have no frame of reference. Like... I didn't do a good job of providing the con, the framing of it, the context. And so, like, she's sitting here going, oh, great, another beta libertarian male page that's just pushing misogyny, which is not what we were trying to do. I, was, I just wanted to write, like, a woman made this about the media. And then she would have been like, okay, but don't trust these hoes. It's really well done. I feel like I was very proud of myself. I love it. Yeah. So You should have instantly, you know, put a photo of Chris Fit with it, you know, with his shirt off. Yes. Yeah. Chris, how you doing? You doing okay? 
I'm I'm good. All right, you little you little sleepy, buddy. A little sleepy. How'd the it's, bang you know. treat you? Uh, it was it was good. I, f- uh, I feel like, and I don't know what the time difference is, but I feel like you're probably should be mid sleep right now, right? Um, yeah, like, but I, I mean, know. after this many days, I don't think okay. it's the the. Uh, it's, so you're saying it's yeah. us? No, it's <laughs> so. Let me get this. Straight. He doesn't even know what year it is. Chris comes here wearing a Lions of <laughs> Liberty T-shirt. <laughs> He's un-American because he left. He was an illegal immigrant in Norway at one point, uh, and then and then he has the nerve to fall asleep in the middle of my podcast. He didn't fall asleep, but I'm comedic effect mm-hmm. we're, we're very glad that you could come it was very nice to meet you yeah i'm glad i could make it it's really uh, it's really cool i feel i felt like you were a little nervous at the beginning when you got here yeah i'm i'm inherently not uh, you know a, not the most outgoing social person uh-huh yeah and so i mean that's that's about, that's about that well i'm i'm, I'm glad that you came i only mm. wish that you had brought me offerings you know well, at, i did you did Oh, this is great. Okay. You know, we have people come from foreign lands, like Craig came from Hawaii, <laughs> mm-hmm. and he brought me uh, he brought me macadamia nuts that got recalled because they could have killed me, uh, but well, I... The, the shutdown, so they didn't inspect them. I, being dear leader, survived. I, I ate them, too, and I, I survived. That's, were you here for that? Yeah, yeah, I was here, yeah. Okay, all right, yeah, I got some over there. So I you, was not offered any of those, but... I, you yeah. got coffee, and boy, did oh, you. Yeah. Yes, I did. You you were wired thanks to that. Uh, so you brought dear leader offerings, did you? I did. Okay. Um, I can't wait. I bet it's smoked salmon. It better be. <laughs> no. Uh, you probably maybe couldn't get that through customs. I imagine. Maybe I'm not sure. Um, it, well, it's better smug- be a live salmon. Smuggled smoked fish. I'm <laughs> like, this tastes funny. I, um. Well, I'll start. I'll start with the thing from from Norway. Okay. Um, All right. This is called quick lunch. I don't know. Okay, <laughs> yep, just one of the cameras, yeah. Um, quick lunch. It's it's kind of like Kit Kat at bars. Okay. But uh, uh better. Yeah, let's uh, here, <laughs> hand it over. You know, you know me. I like my my sweets. Um and it's 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 traditional like um this is what uh, Norwegians uh, have together with an orange on their trip walking up the mountain or out, you know, cross country skiing. They bring quick lunch and and some oranges or some clementines. It's it's like the size it's, of a Kit Kat. It's the exact same. It's mm. Mondelez, so it's the same company. Uh, let's see here. So, Originally Freya, it's it's but you know they keep on getting bought up by different okay, take, huge. Take one and pass it down. Globalist corporations. Yeah, they're, they're globalist. <laughs> not keto. And if you look keto. on the inside there, they typically have some uh, like tips on like some nice. Uh, it's so helpful because it's in Norwegian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, there's um very good. It has it tastes like a Kit Kat, but with a little toffee. Hmm. It's very good. Right. So yeah. this this is like fjällvetreglerna. Uh, this is like uh, the the rule, the basic. Uh, Rules that you should follow if you're going hiking up mountains. Okay. I um, don't think that I'll hike up a mountain anytime soon, but go ahead and tell me what the rules are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm sure we have some active people. Uh, what do you think? Well, pla- oh, it's so good. Yeah. And it's number one, plan your, your, your trip and uh, let people know where you're going this is some norwegian wisdom plan your trip and let people know where you're going so you don't die in the wilderness exactly by instagram um uh, take into account uh weather and avalanche uh, avalanche uh, um, 
Hmm. So far, I'm not, I'm not blown away by the rapper here. I think I feel like. <laughs> well, I'm reading it and then translating. I under, it, you know? no, no, no. Well, it's not you. you. I'm saying, over, if I'm going camping, Hannah, I've checked stuff, the weather. Right. <laughs> like I, some people don't, though. Right. Oh. I mean, and, you know, some people, you know, they go, you know, hiking out in the in and, and they get hit by a surprise winter storm oh. and literally oh. die. I have an I have an Aaron story on this. We went. Uh, <laughs> Aaron is her boyfriend. He is the most chatty member of the We Are Libertarians we, crew. Oh, we went camping um, in the middle of a storm. Uh, it wasn't stormy first storm. We didn't check the weather, and at the, in the middle of the night, I woke him up like our tent's about to blow down. He yeah, turns to me. High five. He yeah. turns to me and says, "I've survived monsoons in Haiti." Go back to sleep. <laughs> See, that's a man. And he went back to sleep. Or you immediately just like, oh, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> so not our, this is good. This is good. Do, do girls call men daddy in in <laughs> Norway? Is that a thing there? I, you don't have I to I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You're not a details guy. We know. Uh, so what else? What else? What other offerings did you bring to Dear Leader? Um, so this is not uh, a Norwegian thing this okay. is from my background uh, as a member of the unification church okay this and i know you are very interested in in korean history yes and if very you're interested much. in korean history this is something you should uh, take a look at uh, okay this is the uh, uh quote-unquote uh autobiography okay of of, of uh sun sun moon right and so he was from North Korea, correct? Yeah, b- born in in North Korea under uh, under well, when under Japanese occupation. Hmm. Okay. okay, so this is it says Alexander Haig here. Now I always have called it was endorsed by Alexander Haig. He was a United States Secretary of State, and I always call Harry Alexander Haig because when Reagan was shot, uh, Haig tried to circumvent the chain of command and take over. The United States government, hmm. and then George H. W. Bush was found, and they said, "Nah, um, but uh, yeah, you are the Alexander Haig." So I'll give this to you after I'm done reading it. But th- thank you very much. Yes. So why do you think it, it would be something of value? Does it give you an insight nece- into like maybe the Korean mindset of things? It's it, as a peace-loving global citizen by Sun Myung Moon. Um, it's uh, it's an interesting. It's an interesting perspective mm-hmm. because it's, I mean, it's from somebody who who knows something about what Korea was like right. before mm-hmm. um, and, and like, during and, and afterwards. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also interesting because he's, he's a well-known figure and both, you know, looked at as... Uh, on you know a, a cult leader, as as you know the second coming by, uh, by his, his 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 closest followers, uh, but also he's positioned himself to be uh, respected in a sense. He's that like guy that yeah you know, like they you know certain uh, like Republican politicians ha- have uh, you know. Done things that show some respect that they respect yeah, him I mean, for in, one, in some sense, and yet at the same time, kind of hide a little bit the fact how close that they they are. Right, right. Um, and so, like, you know, he found he founded the Washington Times, 
that 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 book is published in the United States by by the Washington Times Foundation. Interesting, and which is of, which is a conservative leaning newspaper, right? And and you know, so the the Bush and and Cheney and and people like that have like showed up for Washington Times events and other. Also, they I think Bush Senior went to South America once for the opening of another. Uh, publication down there I don't remember hmm. the name, name of and there's also been like he's also worked together because they they uh, it says here it was uh, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page anti-communism right you know that's probably why a lot of conservatives were were interested in it that exactly. makes sense yeah. uh, anti-communism pro-family values you know I've he is a quote like I've come as the f- the firemen to put out the fire of of like uh, I'm I'm butchering the quote of like uh, Im- immoralism spreading in America right immorality immorality yeah. right um, and so he he's he's an interesting figure both in in for in relation to Korea but also in relation to American politics okay and so I, I thought. Yeah, I, I'm very interested in it. Thank you very much. Is this another Asian that's going to teach us how to fold our shirts and put them in boxes? Because I'm about done with that. <laughs> I, I have watched all those episodes, and I, like... Done. Just... That's not news. Take some time and organize yourself. Like, it's, you're praying to your house. Like, None I don't... of this is... All of a sudden, everyone's cleaning. Where, you filthy, <laughs> filthy people. <laughs> Monsters. Uh, yeah, it's it's a pretty decent show. If you, if, I, I don't feel no, that No, we're I not plugging for that show. I don't, I don't think I got a lot out of it. I, I learned how to fold a tie. You'll feel better it. if your stuff's organized. Oh, <laughs> news. No kidding. The CNN of organizing yeah. over here. Uh, all right. Thank you very much for bringing offerings. I appreciate that. You're welcome. So we'll, we'll, let, you, we'll let you go first. Do you want the first or the last word? I'll go last. Okay. Harry, what the hell are you wearing? Um, it's my awesome penguin onesie that I bought being drunk on Amazon one night. <laughs> this is the only second time, you know, in public I've worn this. Uh huh. Where's the first? Uh, the first was at work. We had onesie day. Um, yep. Yeah, I was sitting. You work at a grade school? Uh, no, we work at a mass customization company. Okay. All okay. right. You know. They don't make stuff like this because I would have multiple of these if they did make <laughs> stuff like this. If you could get that done and then embroider We Are Libertarians on the yeah, chest, that'd yeah. be great. Yeah, it's a little tight around the middle, though. Should I say? I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 Harry's in, like, perfect shape with a six-pack, and I'm calling him fat. <laughs> and he, I, I didn't mean to wound you because your face was like, oh, man. Am I, you know? Am I, am I getting chubby? Yeah. <laughs> Hit my body issues. Finally, found my chink in my armor and start crying. <laughs> if you start crying after this episode, no one will ever listen again. <laughs> Be like these betas. Look, we already lost Brian. Oh, it's okay. Poor it's, Brian. It's uh, he got boss hogged in yeah. the. I don't know if you watched the comments. The boss hog got in there and started mixing up. And yeah. you know, boss hog don't play. His, his ego is loved to a chemical imbalance in his brain. So boss hog will feed you to gators, Brian. We're not afraid of you. Uh, uh, Snapping turtles. Final thoughts for the episode, Harry. Final thoughts. Uh, one, um, if you want to watch a video on Netflix about cleaning, watch the Minimalist. Throw mm-hmm. away the Agreed. junk. Throw away your junk. Get rid of your junk. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Have a packing party. Have your friends help you. Have a packing party. Get rid of your junk. You ever have a packing party? I plead the fifth. <laughs> Harry, Anyways, how about, how about you? Uh, you ever ever had a packing party? Maybe fudge. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, Chris, you was there. It was spring break. <laughs> How dare you? you. Know, uh, <laughs> All right, um, I'm sorry to interrupt. The um, other thing with the... Can't believe we're still talking about the Gillette ad, and then watching these. And yeah, I didn't think about that. Like these people, are like, hey, you shouldn't do this. And then the bullying stuff happened, and then watching this, all I was like, <laughs> it's huh. literally they, huh. they put this down their, they put down their signs, walked across the street, and picked up the other guys. Yeah, the signs they went back ahead of each other, <sighs> exhausted. And it's you know, it's. I was so glad that like because like I did take. You know, my tech sabbatical because, like, yeah, the first time I saw photos of it, and then I saw some Patriots and Chiefs mean. I'm like, what the heck is, what the heck happened in DC? You know, but I was like, you know what? That's all I saw. I'm going back, you know, back to a book. Not, you know, I'm yeah, touching this. I'll touch this on Sunday. Like the great Sarah Brady Wagner, one of the daily hosts, she's not been in the group chat, the Wall Coal Mine, for like all weekend. And so I was just like, where's Sarah been? I miss her. Uh, she must have gotten smart and deleted her social media all weekend. Because it, it was it was exhausting. Like, by the end of Sunday, it was just like, I am exhausted by yeah. this. And I shouldn't be. I should I should take my own advice and walk away. Yeah. And the, and the people who are thinking about quitting on Facebook, the easiest way to do it, right, is to play the notification game. Yeah. that's I, I have notifications off on literally everything. Well, I'm just saying, like, don't check Facebook till you build up 30 notifications. Mm. Now, for women, that'll be, you know, a little harder because they'll probably have 999, you know, friend requests by lunch. <laughs> How many friend requests a day do you get, Hannah? 998. He's being ridiculous. Okay. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you play, and you just kind of build that up until you get to a higher number. Then you do days, and you do week, and then you do like me. I, I check it once in a while, or I usually check it when someone tells me to check it. Yeah. Usually Spangles like check Facebook or Lacey will tell me to check Facebook. Or I'll get a text from someone, hey, check Facebook. I have to send memes to my friend Melissa because she doesn't have any social media and she loves memes. So like she's like, if there's any dank memes, you need to send them to me. You should mail them to her. I should. That's a <laughs> great <laughs> idea. Yes. Colored ink is just, I'm sorry, ink of color is just really expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Saturday, I actually got typed up a, 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 a Lacey and I took the typewriter. We were typing messages to each other and then sending paper airplanes to each other. Oh, oh that's so romantic. Yeah, low tech, super low tech. Are you wrapped up? I don't want to. I don't want to move on. I don't want to step on. Oh, wow, he's like rap. Try to speed me up. No, no, no. no I'm just. I almost. Super. I looked at her and I almost went to her and I was like, maybe here is not done. I should check. Oh, thank you. I was thank being you thoughtful. Checking. Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that the white male speed it decided up. Speed to... Speed it up. Oh, faster. <laughs> white male trying to take my time, yeah? I'm done now. All right. Hannah, okay. final thoughts. Okay. Uh, Gillette ad, if I'm not offended by toxic feminism, people using that term, don't be offended by toxic masculinity. It's it's not about you. It's not that big a deal. You were toxically masculine today. You I'm to- just yeah. nothing but toxic <laughs> masculinity all over our for- our Facebook page. Pretty much, pretty much. Uh, and then yeah, that brings us uh, full circle back to, uh, you know, my main point is don't trust these hoes. <laughs> uh, wait, like we said, wait, get the facts, do your research. Don't trust these hoes. Don't. That's pretty much it. And yeah. go check out that meme. Because it's a good one. It is. It's, it's, it's very a good. good one. I need to make sure Stone puts it on the Instagram. If my grandma wasn't on my, um, yeah, Facebook, I'd, I'd have shared it. Your grandma doesn't know what a hoe is. Guarding <sighs> tool. Yeah. And if your grandma knows what a hoe is, then she was a hoe, and so she isn't going to be offended. She's going to laugh. Because hoes are fun. That's why they get all the attention. Just share it. You'll be fine. No. Too wholesome. 
it's times like these that you need to stand up for what's right. I can't, I can't do it. All right. Uh, but don't trust these hoes. All right. Chris, final thoughts? Um, my final thoughts are, I, I think we need to, number one, I feel like the whole theme is we need to remember to seek out truth and and, and not always trust our 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 immediate feelings uh, and and just react try try to pause and and seek out truth uh, and another but another thing that uh, is i think i feel like is is good to remember is that everyone including the lying leftist uh, native american activist really truly believes in their cause and believes that they what they're doing at least in the long run is a good thing hmm. and i think we need to i mean i really I'm a, I'm i'm a real humanist i really believe we're all humans and we need to act like we're we're a family as corny as that sounds and that we need to figure out why why does he feel like he needs to lie about right. uh, in order to get his point across because he has some grievances that he mm-hmm. you know he wouldn't be as engaged as he is if he didn't care about something right yeah. right and, and so i feel like it uh, it's good to remember that yeah uh, um and now he's come on at the end of the show and shamed me on my own show <laughs> yep. you're totally right you're totally right it's always a good reminder. It doesn't matter how much strongly you believe in certain things that you always have to be reminded. Like this weekend was a good reminder of so many things mm-hmm. where it's just like you you build up, build up, build up something that happens and then you're like, oh, yeah, I need to reconnect with like my beliefs and my principles. And it is that's a great point where Phillips is doing everything the wrong way and is it's egregious and it's. He's not considering the effects of how his actions affect those boys, but there is some underlying reason that he is so involved and that he's trying to work towards a certain goal. What is that? You know, I'm sure we'll find out if you watch the conservative press over the next week. We'll we'll learn more about Mr. Phillips. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Daily Caller right now is digging, 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 digging. Uh, but yeah, it's a great point. Any other thoughts? I highly recommend getting married and creating creating a family. Okay. It's very humbling. Oh, I thought he was going to say moving out, and I was about to tackle him. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. That's That's it. That's good. All right, man. Thanks so much for thanks for. uh, He specifically came here to America to We Are Libertarians. Flew from Norway. That's not true, but uh, we'll we'll say it is. So thanks. Thank you for the presence. Thank you for coming all the way from Norway. Welcome. Thank you for coming all the way from the west side, mm-hmm. Hannah. Mm-hmm. Thank you for coming all the way from the east side, Harry. Lawrence, really. <laughs> I knew you'd have a problem. Yeah. I, I'm trying to be nice. You See, Hannah, in life, there are people who just test you. I know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yours is Aaron. Mine's <laughs> Harry. <laughs> and then Tad tests all of us. Yes. All right, thank you for joining us here on this episode of We Are Libertarians. We love you guys. Uh, be sure to check out the dailies. Please go check out the Alan Frank podcast. If you haven't already subscribed, Alan Frank, try to be serious on any platform you can possibly find. Thank you so much, and we will see you tomorrow.